I connected with you from the second I seen your first audition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was watching that year, 2012. I'm James Arthur. James Arthur. You have a voice that has pain in it. I said forgive us for what we have done. I had a lot of unresolved childhood trauma going into that whole process. I ended up in foster care at the age of like 13, 14. They gave me a lot of Valium and got me through the rest of the show and, and antidepressants, whatever. I was so medicated from week two onwards. I look back at that and I'm like, how the fuck did I win that show? The winner of The X Factor, the gentleman that is, Mr. James Arthur. I did everything I could once I got there mm -hmm. to fuck it off, basically. I don't like this, the pressure, the anxiety. I was having panic attacks eight times a day, calling ambulances, like, fucking felt like I was, everything about my being, I was just, uncomfortable in my skin. Talking of X Factor, James Arthur. 2.5 million copies that first single. Best-selling X Factor uh, single ever. I remember my manager coming in and being like, so the label aren't going to take up the next option with you. They're not going to do the next album with you. I was like, what do you mean? They don't want to be associated with you because of your behaviour and stuff like that. I remember my heart sinking. Part of me was like, ah, fuck, this really is over now. And then the other part of me was like, well, you wanted this. Like, you did everything you could to make sure that you pushed all this. I pushed everyone away. I pushed all my family away, my friends. I just was just so acting so crazy. That began two, two and a half years of just severe depression. That I was like 200, 300 grand in debt. And everything was resting on whether or not I could write this album. And I wrote, Say You Won't Let Go. Say you won't let go. It went to number one in the charts. I got a call from Psycho asking me to come back to them. They wanted to re-sign me. They wanted me to come back on X Factor and perform. All of that shit happened on the same day and I was just like, what the fuck? It was like a dream. That fucking little three and a half minute song that I sat down and wrote brought me back from the dead like... May I, May I do? I, I think the kickoff's quality, and I watched. Um, I f sorry, I forget the name of your co-host that you're with. Um, oh, Lauren, sorry, Lawrence, I, I saw that thing where he's kind of like. I think you were saying you were struggling for funding for a little bit on on it, and then the Twitch thing happened, and like you, oh. you were a bit emotional about it. Oh, and yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I I love it. It's nice seeing a bunch of lads just sitting around talking about football, and the production value of your podcast is. Is well, that's probably why better I was, than everyone else's. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I was struggling. I mean, it's definitely better. Just yeah, <laughs> but I was, yeah. you know, you, you, um, you know what it's like coming from nothing. So when you get yourself to a point, and then you you feel like you're gonna lose it all. Yeah, you're freaking out. What's up, Rob? You alright? Yeah, he's a bit on an angle there. Can we make him as central as possible? Uh, Can you make me look handsome? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we'll edit that. There's yeah. a lot of editing going to be required. No, no, all good, all good, mate. <laughs> you good? Alright, if you're happy with that, I'm happy with that. You go as far as you can. But I mean, um, yeah, it was touch and go because we had to. Yeah, I, I was basically in debt because I was not paying my tax in order to fucking. To fund this. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, okay, at some point it's going to work out. So yeah. like, when it happened, I was like, fuck everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad for you yeah. that it did. I think it's yeah. great. Like, yeah. I find myself watching a lot of sort of. I found myself watching, you know, Mark Goldbridge. That, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I found myself yeah. in wormholes just watching, you know. It's fucking mental, football, right? Because uh, Robbie Williams' message is the exact same thing. And I'm like, really? like, it's so weird when you don't know who the fuck's watching you. As a YouTuber, yeah. as a music artist, yeah, yeah. I feel like you guys 
click up and you kind of you know I, I look on your posts and I see other artists talking to you and yeah. saying oh, I love the whereas celebrities are secretly watching YouTube oh, yeah. we're unaware of yeah. it yeah it's, we're all synonymous with each other yeah. I think we're, we're all yeah Oh, look, I'm, I'm I'm such a big sports fan, oh. like so. It's, it's again. Yeah, you're a massive fight fan as well. Aren't big you? fight fan. Yeah, I love UFC. I think I've watched. I'm a bit of a nerd with it. I've watched every event probably for the last ten, maybe it's even longer, ten years or something like that. Plus, yeah. What was your like original era that you started? The watching? era that I started watching it was probably like uh, the Frank Mir. Brock Lesnar sort of oh, yeah. era. We had Frank Mir on the podcast. Yeah. Did you really? I shit you not. I've right? not seen that one. I shook his hand. And I'm a, we're big lads, right? You're yeah, about yeah. the same size as me. I fucking shook his hand. I thought, I've never felt like hands, like yeah. shovels. Felt emasculated, yeah. Mate, I was like, this guy could just bend me I'd up. I'd say like something if you feel emasculated. By Mate, someone. I was just like, you please don't fuck me. Yeah, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he could do anything he wanted. Yeah. This guy, but he was sound, he was sound as fuck. Well, that was back when we were in the shithole studio, like, mm. bless him. Yeah. And he was telling us, some mad stories that I yeah. can't even repeat I, right I now. I can imagine, yeah. Um, trained killers aren't it's yeah. just mad it's mad to me. I I, I train with a guy who's he's like a featherweight uh-huh. guy called Richie. And even he I'm much bigger than him, but you just know like if he wants to have his way with me, he's just you know What what's he, what are you thinking about the UFC right now? Who who are you impressed <clears throat> by at the minute? Who am I impressed by at the minute? Um I'm disappointed not to have seen that Zabit fight a bit more. Because mm. he, he was looking like the guy that was the most complete fight. Adesanya's probably He's probably the guy. Isn't I he? love watching Adesanya. He's, he could be the sort of second coming of John Jones. What I love about him is he, he's winning in spectacular fashion, but he's defending the title like Anderson used yeah. to. You can rely on him. It's not yeah. like eighteen months go but like the John Jones. You, you wouldn't see him for ages. No. Obviously, after his prime, when yeah. the police shit started, and then Connor. He once they hit superstar, yeah. they, they lose they it. Sort of disappear a bit, don't they? Yeah. Um, and Adesanya called out Romero, like who. Who who calls it? Like he didn't need to fight him. I think he was he was a little bit down the pecking order at that point. Yeah, I like people who like just yeah. go after people like that. Exactly. Yeah, nice quality. Um, yeah, but he, I watched the last um, the last one with um, the welterweight belt, and I genuinely think um, Kamaru Usman. Usman, yeah, unstoppable. Isn't he? He's like some. He's next very well rounded. He's got a chin. I think that's probably his best asset. I think I saw your analysis of that, and just you, I think you said like maybe his best asset is the fact that he can take a shot because once you know once he got past Burns's first the big shots that he mm-hmm. took off him he kind of like it was just sort of he just stays right in front of he him stays and I thought face, yeah. you'd, you'd fuck with someone's head you because when you yeah. get, like, get someone like that and they're just still there that's the thing it's going it? to yeah. drain the confidence yeah, and I, saw, I watched Usman Woodley live and I watched that happen I watched Woodley the, the life drain out of Woodley as mm-hmm. he sort of everything he tried everything he couldn't he just I think he beats prime GSP I I genuinely do because GSP was an amazing wrestler but when he got hit he'd shy away a little bit and he'd go to the wrestling but with Usman you can't really just go to the wrestling and I think Usman would just outman him like in every department he's a beast Um, Hi, welcome to the, welcome yeah, to the podcast. Here, here we are. I mean, we could talk it's about good. this for hours. I knew I'd get you on Monday, not just because we started talking uh, probably about a couple of years ago, I first started messaging you a yeah. little bit, but also when I started the podcast, you mm. were on my list because I thought, Northern lad, yeah. covered in tattoos. We yeah. don't really make a success of us ourselves. I yeah. thought we're going to cross paths mm-hmm. at some point because there's not many lads like you out there. Mm. And from day one, I'm not just saying this either. 
I connected with you from the second I seen your first audition. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was watching that year, 2012. Wow. I was like, who's this kid? Mm. And, you know, from the north, and I think your audition was in Newcastle, it was wasn't it? Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have a voice that has pain in it. And I was like, because as someone who I've bit of a troubled soul type feel like when someone can can put that into music yeah yeah as a as a as a as, we don't really have man singers right you sing like a man sings right, right. Do you know yeah. elvis sang like a man sings yeah that, like you mean like that working class like northern soul yeah sort of but a grit in it like yeah. it's as a because no offense but i'm not listening to justin bieber i'm right. pretty sure he's not watching so it's fine <laughs> but you know if you are fuck yourself no i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking you can come on but yeah, yeah, yeah. please come on you speak yeah you speak to you can speak you can sing to women but as a man mm. It's a type of, you know, even when you do a love song, I can be like, yeah, I can feel where you're coming from. Yeah. And um, I haven't actually <laughs> set this podcast up well at all. We're supposed to say thanks to Jim, thanks to Jim Shock, yeah. uh, by the way. Shout out to the sponsors. Thanks and also yeah. Lawrence, who would normally be here, is working on something else. That's why he's not here. He hates got, me. It's fine. He's actually, um, <laughs> he's a fan. No, but um, he's working on some excellent video that the people are going to love. But um, cool. yeah, I've always liked you, mate. And um, and it's great to finally get you on because um, it, well, it, it kind of funny how this came about because you uh, were going to come on and we never got round to it. And then you obviously had some time off and you were, you were doing your thing. Mm. And one of the things that you messaged me after originally was when you had beef with YouTubers and you were like, bro, yeah. what the fuck is this all about? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I got yeah, to give yeah. you some some tutorials on how to handle this yeah. in the future. Yeah. Uh, that was about a year ago now. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it was the sidemen that you sort of went back and forth with, and then yeah. you sort of were like, "Okay, I'm done with this." What what sparked all of that off in your head? I was, I was wondering whether we were going to talk about this. Um, I think it's good to get out the yeah. way because you've had a, the, uh, this is my audience, yeah, and that's sure, kind yeah, of what no, they. I'm, I'm, and after talking to you one on one, yeah, yeah, I'm like, that is not you. No, no, for, uh, yeah, for, full respect. I, I was saying this on the journey over. I was like, I wonder whether he wants to talk about this because for sure. this is your world, this is your domain. And um, the people, the, the, the kind of, be honest, I yeah. think a lot of them think you're a bit of a dick for the way that went down. Absolutely. I can see, and I can see why. Um, I don't think I've ever come across well on social media. <laughs> I, I, like, I think that's just, yeah. I think it's to, hard. To be honest, I just I haven't nailed that side of things. Like, as long as I'm putting out music that's of a high quality and, um, you know, and things in that world. Um, then I think I think people people resonate with that, and that's what they want from me, and that's all good. And it's one reason why I've done this because, uh, and it's and this is the first time I've done something like this. To be fair, a long form interview, which is where I think people will get to know me better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, Twitter, and, and, Twitter's and, hard though, isn't it? Because you're trying hard. 140 characters. This yeah. ain't like, and I don't even tweet like that. Do you yeah. know why? Yeah. Because people can like choose their own tone of voice yeah, yeah. for your words I, I, I'd stop putting opinions out well, this is watch it, my yeah. videos because the, they're yeah. so manipulatable but how so how I remember it because I did a bit of research last night looking back at it yeah. I was thinking what fucking happened there mm. and one of the lads tweeted out um, my mate's got a song with Rick Ross yeah, yeah. and you responded yeah. and looking back at it I'm like why do you care? And you were like, only only because he paid money for it or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. you're James Arthur though. Yeah, okay, so so this this is the thing. And do you know what? Let, um, let me preface this by um, by saying um, I watched one of these guys. I don't know if he's actually part of the Sidemen. And by the way, I don't pay much mind to this that much these days. I, in actual fact, in, in hindsight, looking back on that whole thing, um, 
you know, I have nothing but respect for these people, um, you know, that do YouTube. Like, those, like, sidemen have somewhat pioneered a sort of space within YouTube, and I get it. I don't get all of it. It's not Some of it's not going to be my thing, and, um, you know, but but fair play to them all. But one of the lads, I think it's called Cal Freezy or something like that. I can't, I think, <laughs> yeah. He was on another, he was on another podcast almost kind of celebrating the idea that some of the things they, some of the personal things that they'd said during that whole spat had like got me off of social media like they were, it was kind of like yeah we officially got him off social media which I thought was a little bit in poor taste and like you know I, I think some of the things they said appealed to the nature of the kind of like sort of hate culture and and, and like trolling culture on on Twitter especially um, and yeah like I don't want to start up some kind of thing. No, no, I I want to unpack this. But let's unpack it, yeah. In a a, a healthy way rather than going about it the wrong way. So if I can try and guide you across how I seen it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you went at them first. Yeah, yeah. Looking at it as a guy who kind of knows you but doesn't know you well. Yeah, yeah. And and I know them fairly well. I spent a good amount of time with them. I felt like the minute you opened that door, I thought, oh, yeah, because they never, I think at at, at a point after that, you Mm -hmm. were kind of responding. They, they are just going to banter you no matter yeah. what happens yeah. and, and I don't know if hate culture is the right word but I think their their form of humour yeah. is to just take nothing you say seriously yeah, yeah. and, 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 that's, and, and that, use you for laughs and that's my humour as well to be fair that's how it started out I mean you could say that what I said was banter like I I basically and the one thing that Cal Farisi did say that was correct on the podcast he was doing was like you know a lot of these artists they're sitting around in hotel rooms all day when they're on tour and you know it's probably late and he's winding people up on Twitter and then there's an element of truth to that mm-hmm. you know we, we all do we sit around like no, I'm in Germany in a hotel room at this point, three o'clock in the morning, probably... Bored shitless. Probably, maybe half pissed, whatever, I don't know. I can't really remember where I was. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've had a habit of doing that over the years, like, you know, having a bit of crack on, online and it not coming across right. So I, I'm in the music industry, so I know what it costs for... Rick Ross. A Rick Ross or, or a Thai dollar sign or someone like that, because I'm, cause I'm in the business. This, this is my field. And, and, and the crack I was having was like, well, this kid's like bragging about you know his mate being having a Rick Ross and I, I thought it was funny to say yeah but it'd cost you 50k like to have him, to have him on the track mm-hmm. which to me was just a bit of crack really and then he came back with like some meme about me being salty and I was like I'm not, why would I be jealous I mean I get their YouTubers and all that and they get views and stuff but um, I'm it's not it's not a jealousy thing like I think one of my videos has probably more views and the whole lot put together that they've ever done so it's not as if I'm like after their audience or, or clout from that kind of um, that, those sorts of fans or anything it, was, it just started out a bit of crack and it got out of hand and I think I think if I'm honest with you just, just I've got to be I want to take this completely honestly mm. and I you know I, last thing I want is a fucking uh, a guest walking out in five minutes like, <laughs> yeah, that's but right. I think they were completely being silly yeah yeah and I think it, at some point you went and maybe this is four in the morning. You've had a few extra drinks, and yeah. you're like, "I'll slap the head off you." Well, that's because well, that, well that's because like I mean, you know where 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 I come from, where you where you come oh, from. Right. Like when you start talking about people's dead relatives, and like you know, oh, when yeah. you start calling people crackheads, and I get like that's 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 inflammatory. That, was know, that what they said? Or yeah, was that I, the fans? I, one of them said like Shaggy dead Nana or something. Uh, this is one of the side men. I think his name's Harry or something. 
So at, that, be at that point, mate, <laughs> honest, no, no, I get that he's cracking. He's a young yeah. lad, and you know we have daft. I have silly crack on my mates in person. It's maybe across the line, but when you do that in person, I know fine well that kid's not going to say that to me in person. If he sees me, he's probably going to be quite nice to me. They are but, nice lads, for the record. I'm sure I, they are. I think but if once you, you start, start once you start talking about my dead relatives or. You start like saying things that kids can run with, and, and uh, I've never done crack in my life, by the way. So to call me a crackhead, like, <laughs> like I don't feel walking around saying that shit. So I'm like, if, so I DM'd them. It wasn't as if it was just this. I was like, hang on, we're now getting into fight talk. Here. You're like, this is this is a territory where if you say that to my face, we're fighting. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? So I was wound up. They did, they did, they did get me wound yeah. up. And they're, and they're very good at that. And, and that's, you know that's I mean? fine. So, so am I. But like. I, you call that good banter and good crack to me it, it got to the point where it wasn't it was just like there was nothing really funny about it it was just it was making it was like if it was making those kids think it's alright to say those things to people to me that was that was the, the line it was crossing and this is it's kind of an intro for you into the new the new way this online culture is going mate because yeah, yeah. I've had to you know Early on, I was a bit like what you're saying. Like, yeah. anyone says this, I'm a fucking knock. Them yeah, out. that's just you know? that's just and, my and, culture. Yeah, man. because you come from a working class northern place, just like me. Mm. But to, to to the to the new generation, yeah, it's just a laugh. It's it, and the minute you take yeah. anything seriously, uh, yeah, and I know you've this. lost. I, you know, and I, I know this. Like, yeah. I've been around the game long enough. I know, and I've and I've been embroiled in many <laughs> Twitter spat. Like, yeah, you know, I've, I've learned my lesson from from those kinds of things, but. With them, I just like it. Just I think it just got out of hand, and um, and and like I said, I think some of the things they said appealed to the nature of people that that think it's okay to say certain things, and 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 at that point in time, I just felt like I wanted to stand up to it a little bit, and and I went about it the wrong way. I got too angry about it, mm-hmm. and that's why I stepped away. And because someone t- told me to shag my dead nana, so I was like. <laughs> This is weird that people are liking this. Like, it just I, like you said, I had to sort of step back and think. I need to navigate this in a different way because it, it's not. Yeah, it's that's that, that's what I found interesting is when you put the tweet out going, "I'm handing this over to the management." I thought yeah. that's not the first time you've said that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought myself, um, why does this keep happening? Yeah. Why Why do you think it keeps happening out of interest? Why do I think it keeps happening? Um, I mean, it's, it's happened a couple of times. I think it's because I I have um, I have a tendency to probably get myself in a, in, in spots in my life where I'm where I'm a little bit unhappy and I'm, maybe I'm tired or maybe I, maybe I was overworked. Um, That's know. interesting you'd say unhappy though because I, yeah a lot of people when they're feeling a certain thing about their life or themselves or whatever and yeah. then something pisses them off and yeah. then they say something yeah. it is quite normal for that to come out in the way yeah I mean I'm just I think I'm just like I'm a human being I didn't uh, you know and um, and I've, I've never wanted to be that sort of like you know I came through the X Factor and all that and I think some people confuse that whole thing as you being manufactured in some way and like you've been turned you, into this well, I think nothing, they are they're just, it's just you're one of the exceptions I'm just not that yeah. and, and I never wanted to, I never I refuse media training I never wanted to be that shiny pop star I mean I'm not look at me I'm just not that guy I'm just uh-huh. and, and I think maybe that's why I've made those decisions sometimes because I'm like Maybe like Ed Sheeran or uh, Sean Mendes probably would never reply to this, but but I I ain't them. I, I I'm a different sort of cat, and maybe like uh, like it feels it feels more real to me to 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 respond sometimes, I guess, or to say something. 
fair enough. Eh? Um, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, that's just, um, that's just my. I, for the record, mm-hmm. knowing the lads, yeah, and knowing you to the degree I do, yeah, I think you'd actually have a right laugh with them. I'm in sure person. I would. I'm sure. And, and again, it, I, but, I respect but also, their stuff. What they I, do. I think the way I look at it, looking back at it, is when you went. So one of them was bragging about what KSI had achieved. Yeah, yeah. KSI is responsible for a lot of people being successful exactly yeah. and partly me included he's helped me out over the years as yeah, well yeah, and, yeah. and I'll always be grateful to the lad so when you when you come at the king he doesn't everyone will defend him to the fucking hilt right, and, yeah. and then the fans on top of it so got you. I think that was that was it like and um mm. You know, fair play. You got Rick Ross on his song. You get, Absolutely, yeah. Fair Actually, play. it wasn't as if I was saying ah, he's not good enough to have Rick Ross on a song. I was just saying like. What do you make of his cost. success, KSI? Because he's he's actually the second best-selling new artist last year, or something like that, in the UK. And but he is a YouTuber, yeah, and yeah. there's no d- doubting yeah. if he hadn't have come through YouTube, he mm. would not have Craig David and Rick Ross on his songs and all of the other people he's had. But yeah. you know, because you came through a. I guess YouTube is the new X Factor almost. It's the yeah. new shortcut. Yeah, yeah. How do you view the YouTube avenue of getting success? Um, well, KSI particularly, I can see a level of talent there and um, with the music and, you know, him taking on um, public, like getting in a boxing ring for a start, you know, mm-hmm. being, a fight, being a fight fan pretty much my whole life. I, you know, I know, uh, I mean, anyone who, who's prepared to step into a ring... Uh, at all let alone mm. in front of millions of people and Logan's a big lad as well I've met Logan, yeah, yeah he looks like a big lad <laughs> no, he's, about, um, he's about your height he's about yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm f- full respect I mean and um, like you don't have hit songs just based on the fact that you're popular he's obviously got some talent there so yeah I get it with KSI I didn't know a lot about him until this little thing and again since that whole thing um, naturally I sort of did my research and looked into it and understood the whole thing I watched interviews that you've done with him and stuff and yeah like I get it with KSI not you know not so much with some of the other cats but like him I get it I get it um, do you know what before we get into this can I get a bit of water oh of course I realise my mouth is as dry nah, it, that, 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 that shit happens yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that was sorry I didn't, it got, it was, it's a bit heavy getting into all that YouTube so I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we did it I, yeah I think you've I think you've cleared it nicely yeah yeah you know what I mean I hope I, I just didn't want I don't want to like open up that whole thing again because no no it's, it's like a positive place in my life right now and I appreciate you don't want a wave of shit like that because I've had it myself yeah no yeah. look I mean I mean I've <laughs> within the first two years I was about I got cancelled like no one's business I had I, mean, I had the One Direction fans Mate, at me. You took the Sidemen fans on in One Direction. Like the Sidemen fans, like, respect to them, but like compared to the One D fans, yeah, like, they're that's like some si- global shit. Like you know, that's some like they really cancelled cancelled me for saying yeah. some. Yeah, I, can't, I, I said some irresponsible. I've said a lot of irresponsible yeah. things. And what about the, the One Direction thing then? Because you mentioned that, and mm. and you know, you you really know how to pick their fans to pick. I, I mean, remember it, in my head looking back at it, I remember thinking if I'm your record label I'm thinking yeah. what the like mm. you this is the fan group that we're hoping will be your fans as well yep. and you're basically going yep. nah don't buy my and record it, I, and, and did some of those lads even encouraged the fans to vote for me when I was on the show so it was like um, do you know what it was mate I was just pressing the self-destruction the self-destruct button um, like you wouldn't believe I think mm. I had a lot of unresolved we, were t- we, we, we started talking about mental health and this, this is maybe the perfect segue okay. because because like um, 
I had a lot of unresolved childhood trauma going into that whole process. I, I came from, I really came from obscurity, having abs- I had nothing. I lived in a little bedsit, probably the size of that bathroom you've got through there. <laughs> and, um, and you know, lived in, in a building full of drug dealers and ex-convicts and, um, you know, and then maybe that's where that, the, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm maybe that's where that little bit of defensiveness and that little bit of like chip on my shoulder comes from. And when people come at me, like it's my natural, reaction to be like you know that's just where that's just I think that's my I, fu- I, mean, I fucking get it honestly and, and yeah you'll, you'll get it and um, and so like where did it where do you feel like that that knowing something was you were struggling with your mind yeah can you remember when that began even yeah I mean it, it came from being young and I think you know par- the, the, the typical parents getting divorced and um, I ended up in foster care uh at the age of like 13, 14, like sort of formative years in my life, I ended up being in foster care and hiding all of that from my school friends. So I was, I was going to school every day and like, then I was getting on, the, on a bus, on, you know, like waiting at the bus stop on the other side of the road to go somewhere and I didn't want to tell anyone about it. And that was a few years of my life where I just felt like kind of rejected by my family, my parents. And I think once you have that, you sort of like, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to shake. I think you end up with trust issues and things like that. And well, one hundred percent because yeah. the people you're supposed to trust the most in this world are your parents. Yeah, yeah. They brought you into the world, so I, yeah. to feel not wanted as much. Is exactly. Hard, isn't it? And and look, I, I, they're forgiven for all that. My mum was a young mum, four kids, went through two divorces, a lot of stuff. I, I don't blame her for all that, and I wasn't an easy kid. Um, but I think, in answer to your question when I went into this X Factor process and all, all of a sudden I'm one of the most talked about people in Britain I'm like I won the X Factor and I, I got the record deal and I'm get, my job is to be a musician which is what my dream that was my dream as a kid and what I always thought would make me happy and fulfil me when I got there it's like what Tyson Fury says it's like when when I won the world title I'm like what now? Oh, so you know what I mean? so it was kind of like I did everything I could once I got there mm-hmm. to, to fuck it off, basically. It was like, what can I do to get rid of it? Like, this, I don't like this. The pressure, the anxiety. I was having panic attacks eight times a day, calling ambulances. Like, fucking felt like I was... Everything about my being, I was just uncomfortable in my skin. When you started the X Factor journey and you go on that stage, mm. just to, you know, take it back to that point... Yeah. You can see when you get on that on that stage, and I watched it over. Yeah, um, not a lot of confidence and, mm. and a lot of yeah. There's a, there's issues there, and you also there. did you did not look healthy, bro. <laughs> right, honestly, you <laughs> you don't have to tell me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and straight, and you know you can see there's been you you openly admit there was a rift between your mom and your dad, and they'd come together for that day. And I think a lot yeah. of people actually loved that bit of the story. To be fair, yeah. because there's a lot of people out there who have parents who separate and don't speak and all of that, mm-hmm. but we'll get into the X Factor journey in a bit but did anyone at any point talk to you about your mental health on that show and are you coping okay and are you ready for this and Mm. try and help you along because Mm. it's a fucking mental because so like my journey for example to being well known was a lot slower and a lot more of a slow grind was as you say you took off like a fucking rocket from being James in a bed sit with the drug dealers to all of a sudden Britain's most talked about singer right yeah was there any any point in that where they tried to sort of 
is this kid all right? Is he ready for this? Are we, yeah. are we looking after him? Yeah, I mean, you know what? The support on the show was great. I've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like welfare people around and... Um, you know, I don't. I don't really think there. There's. Um, if you're someone like I was that went into a process like that with all of the demons that I had, um, I don't think there's anything really. I mean, I'm good at kidding on. I'm all right as well. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. I'm just. I'm. You know, I can pretend I'm cool. Um, fine's a good word, isn't it? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm. Fi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, we like. I, I, I'm fucking terrible. I fucking yeah, hate myself. Yeah, I want to die. But I'm fine. I hate it. <laughs> but like, it's like you. You know, I like when you talk about being the sort of that um, archetypal bloke and like that sort of. We come from a culture that's quite mach- the the guys. It's quite. There's a lot of machismo, more mm. if you like, and. Um, it's seen as a weakness to talk about your feelings and emotions and, and to make yourself vulnerable. And I think I had that, probably had that, and that maybe got me through and maybe made people around me think I was okay. And it wasn't until there wasn't any support when I'd won the show and I was in a flat in London, kind of by myself, just sort of trying to process the whole thing I'd been through. And there wasn't a welfare lady there and there wasn't a doctor there. It wasn't until that point that it was really a problem, I think. I mean, they got me through the show. To be honest, so I, like when I had week two, I had this big panic attack, my first ever like sort of severe physical panic attack I'd had, and um, they just they gave me a lot of Valium and got me through the rest of the show and and antidepressants, whatever. I was so medicated from week two onwards. I look back at that and I'm like, how the fuck did I win that show? I was probably at like. 30 percent i was just like a uh, El- elvis was great though wasn't he so you know, <laughs> yeah, to be if, fair, like he's elvis the canary like, down yeah. the main if, yeah. if he lasted as long as he did i kind of missed them days a yeah. little bit you, but, uh, you you actually looked like you gained a lot of weight as the show went on oh, do you think time, the medication 100 yeah. because yeah. you yeah. look at you on obviously audition no, mate, was, you look like you gained like three stone mate i must have like, i was gone wasn't i, I was like mm. emaciated when i went on the show that was just because i couldn't afford to eat anything in a canteen food i was like let's go two breakfasts you know what I mean I was sort of dug in um, yeah that, w- that was genuinely one of the things it was like oh what I can afford to have whatever I want to eat now and, but I think the medication played a part yeah 100% so going back to that first audition then mm. you come out and um, you did a version of a Talisa song was that a strategic thing to it, it impress was, her it was, a, it, was a, it was yeah I thought it was, I thought in theory this is a good idea she's having a hit with this song and um and I just played around with like an acoustic rap version of it and it came off a treat thankfully it was an inspired decision yeah and you put like yeah you put the rap in and, and mm. one of the things that you made your name for and doing differently to any other contestant I can remember mm. you know let's be honest X Factor is it's glorified karaoke yeah. and and what what you did is show creativity and actually I can change your song around I can write it differently I can make it sound completely different yeah. and you did that consistent consistently week after week after week um, what take me back to the feeling of this is the first time in your life that you're in a position to change your life Mm. and the pressure is really on it's like lose yourself moment here we we really got to pull this out Mm. and the pressure's on going onto the stage belting it out the reaction from the audience what was that what was that actually like can you remember it oh mate yeah I I, I can remember it vaguely Um, that's a good that's a really good question like I've never been asked to describe that moment Everyone's people always ask me like, "Was it like what's life been like since the X Factor? Or mm. was it like to win it?" Yeah, I was nearly in tears watching that back right mm. last night because I was like, 
I feel like I'm I'm from the same place as you, and I yeah. know what it's like to to feel like, yeah. you know, this is your moment here. You have yeah. to be perfect, what, yeah. and, and you can change everything with this one thing. Mm-hmm. And just saying, you you actually turn around at the end, and you've got your hand over your face. Yeah. You can barely, you know, you can't even express your emotions. You're yeah, that yeah. ruined by it. All. I couldn't. I I, I, remember, I couldn't even see at that point. I mm. remember. I remember just being like just my eye like kind of glazed over but you're right all of that stuff is at play all of that chatters in your head this is this is the chance this is you know this is the moment um this is my moment to change my life and and then when you kind of like if you you'll see i sort of take a a deep breath just before i do it i kind of said okay i went okay to myself like as if to say this is it this is your ear you're, you're you're on the big stage you're on this x you've got Mm-hmm. Barlow and all these shirts in front of you, and then um, I just remember just laying it out there, just kind of like you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chuck my heart out there and mm-hmm. see see what happens, and and then to sort of look up and see a stand innovation, them all stood up, and then to get the comments like that I, I got, it was just. Um, that's probably where the severe anxiety began because I was just like, "Oh shit!" It's Gary Barlow's <laughs> fault. Yeah, it's bad. Like, oh no, this this is like this is mad. Like, I'm, I'm, there's now expectation on my shoulders. I'd lived this life of like, you know, no one ever really wanting anything from me, and all of a sudden I'm. Yeah. At uh, the end of the song, like you really squeezed every last drop of everything you had to give out. I could, I, yeah. You, I felt it, you know. Yeah. And um, and Gary Barlow goes, I normally sit there and say change this change out we got to do this for 99% of people but yeah. for you don't change anything yeah and yeah what was it like hearing that from I was them? glad to hear that because that's something that um, the X Factor was never in my plans really it was never something I, I wanted to, it wasn't an avenue I ever wanted to take because um, you know I looked up to people like Kurt Cobain and these like anti-establishment type figures and um, I wanted to be the front man of a rock band um, and that's that's sort of what I was until that point it, it, it only happened because I was quite frankly batshit poor and desperate and my mum bribed me into going and doing the audition itself um, so to hear someone like that who, who I regard as a, as a as an incredible songwriter and an artist himself and someone who's yeah just someone definitely someone you, to look up to in the music industry to say something like that it was cool it kind of reaffirmed that um, I can just be me and what I'm, what I'm doing and how, how I look and everything it was fine which I definitely I mean that was the insecurity for me it was like I didn't you know I'm not Justin Bieber and that was that was the, always the worry I, I have a supreme confidence in my ability I don't, I don't think anyone's on my level and, and that's just the, the way I've always felt like and that's what the edge I think I've got over people is because I just throw it out there and, and there's no holds barred kind of thing um, whereas yeah, it was the, the the image thing. You'll notice if I mean if you have, you look back the, at me in the process, I watch myself. I cringe. I'm like, just, God, there's no confidence there in 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 until I'm on the stage and I'm performing. Just everything outside of that, I'm just you can tell I'm just like I'm worried that I'm being judged all the time. You know what I mean? For my personality, well, you, or my you character. were being judged. Yeah, I mean literally. Exactly. Yeah, by, in the, in the by, most yeah. brutal way possible. Probably, yeah. I would. I'd struggle with that if people were judging. Mm. You know, if I was a panel judging my videos because it's my art, it's my, it's what I w- feel like is mm. my most the thing I've got to give. True. Yeah. And it's a bit of a risk. It takes balls, doesn't it? But you know, yeah. what point did you start believing? You, I'm gonna, I, I could win this. 
you know, it was the moment where um, so Ella Henderson and I think Jarmaine were like the front runners for the competition um, early on. I think mm. they were the bookies' favourites or whatever. I was just happy to be there at first, to mm. be honest. And then um, I was in the ended up in the bottom two with Ella Henderson. Um, who had been like the sweetheart the favourite on the show up until that very point very talented though. super talented mm. she's still still doing it to be fair she's uh, her and KSI her and KSI <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah oh, that, was, that was great and yeah she's one of the very f- few people from any of these shows that are still relevant and doing stuff today mm-hmm. so like that's testament to her talent but um when I was in the bottom two with her, I was like, "Well, it's, it's curtains for me. This is it. This is you know, this is the end of the road for me. It's the same old story. I'm not good enough. Like all that stuff." And you had to sing off. Definitely, we had a sing off, and yeah, went in went in my favour. And it was at that point that I started to. I, st- I remember I started like saying to people, "I'm winning this now. Like this is my competition now because she's um, she was unreal. If you know, if the, if the people like what I'm doing this much, then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to." to win the competition and, and yeah that was it I just sort of stepped up my game at that point I think what was your um, actually your favourite song that you sang just out of interest because mm. I had a few that I enjoyed yeah I like the Adele one that you flipped yeah yeah uh, Hometown Hometown Glory oh, yeah. that was sick and I also you know the one I thought you were really creative on was um Sexy and I know that's the one yeah I was like that's yeah, like yeah. Elvis that he's like he's yeah. done like a modern day Elvis thing using yeah LMFAO that, that, that was probably yeah that'd probably be the like if you're looking at sort of um, performances that defined my defined my journey on X Factor that would probably be it I reckon because the, I, I, I enjoy the chat I, I think the premise of that show being that you've got a like you said it's a glorified karaoke competition and I happen to agree with you like a lot of people just go on and like sing the songs well and stuff but I think maybe the reason why I I, I did well on the show and I've done well since is because like I think you've got to take songs by other people and, and take these themes you get these themes thrown at you every week ABBA week like make an ABBA song seem like you wrote it and I think there's a lot of work and a lot of thought that goes into that and you've got to interpret a song that no one would expect you to do and um, make it feel like you you wrote the song yeah. and, and, and I think the fact that I was able to do that week on week was why um, I ended up winning the show well, like you know you look at some of the other winners Leona Lewis for example amazing singer don't get me wrong but it's like just do your Whitney impression like right. that's basically what they're saying every week to her you know what I mean like yeah. she's amazing but it is mm. that's what she is isn't it like you know it's phenomenal singer yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. as good as you could hear don't get me wrong but like you changed it you know what I mean and right. I think that you set a bar really high and I know there was some good winners uh, after you who went on to do well uh, there was the, the girl group um, Lomax that's the one sorry Lomax, yeah. I mean clearly a massive fan <laughs> um, got, do you know what I mean but they did well but you know it, it went it, what was it like for you to just say the show deteriorate <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not being. I'm, no, no, no. This is a genuine question. It, it obviously you, you'll get nothing but truth. I mean, yeah. I'm not like I'm not here to pretend. I'm not, but I'm not throwing like I'm not trying to throw the show under the bus. It's just no. It's it's the way the world says it. I'm not like some company man like protecting X Factor or anything. Yeah. Like it was a platform that gave gave me everything, you know. And uh, it was a bigger show on TV. You know, show, well, at one time it was a bigger show on TV, and I think like Twitter especially was at uh, at its peak and everything during the time I was on the show on mm-hmm. One Direction and those were I think maybe they, they were the like golden years of X Factor if you like absolutely um, yeah I just I don't know maybe people got bored of the of the format and I think 
it became a little bit predictable you know with all due respect to the people that make the show and some a lot of my friends made the show i think uh people got bored of seeing that same kind of like you know, when you see the the music and stuff and the, the montages happen you know this is going to be yeah. the feature of the show and it, it all got a bit predictable maybe and um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know maybe a shortage of of real artistry as well i don't know uh, one of the people obviously who you were close with on the show was Nicole Scherzinger I'm not yeah. jealous at all <laughs> uh, yeah what, what, what is she actually like in person as just a re- regular friend it's a, it's a wonderful person really just a beautiful person um, was it a bit hard for you like looking at a woman that like because let's be real here yeah. as gorgeous as a woman can be yeah. and you're a red blooded male yeah. but she's a mentor so there's this thing where you're like Hmm. Yeah. You know, I got to think of you differently, but it's fucking hard. This. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, very. It was always very intimidating being around her at mm. first, especially like because I'd only ever watched her like when I was watching Pussycat Doll videos. You know, just for the art of it. Absolutely. Like, not nothing. Well, the like, the great musicians, every one of yeah. them. Yeah. What there was Fantastic. the and the what's they're all great the harmonies and all that like that's 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 why i tuned in (laughs) no um no yeah i mean nicole really is an amazing musician oh she can sing oh she's she's a belter and um yeah you're right yeah like yeah you really feel like a piece of shit when you're you're in the presence of something that you know that amazing at first but especially at that point of your life as well because obviously now if you schmooze them with fucking celebs it's like all right i'm james arthur i belong here i feel a bit normal yeah but back then oh my god it was even more like what the hell is going on wild and like you know you'd have Nicole was just one of many people that were just through the door. One minute, Robbie Williams was walking through the door. Gwen Stefani, Nile Rodgers, like just these fucking superstars that I'd only ever seen on telly were just kicking about. And I mean, with Nicole, it eventually got really natural because she's a very down-to-earth person and and got me fully. She got that I was a bit of a tormented kid and and all that. And she, she kind of appealed to that nature and stuff. And we're still really close mates, uh, today so um yeah but mate it's fucking like that whole experience like when you know we're talking about it now and like i'm trying to recollect the whole thing it was just you know it's a cliche but it was a whirlwind really well it was a short period, period of time but it, mm. it was one that changed your entire changed life immediately life, yeah. i remember there was one clip and obviously as a lad i'm like my guy <laughs> you were talking to uh, rita aurora and uh rita's like performing that night she's the act or whatever and you're mm. like you're just looking there going it's not even right how fit you are. It's uh, just not even right. Was, and she was like blushing, like, shut up, man. And it, you're like, yeah. I'm telling you. I've, I've seen a couple of clips. It was a bit with <laughs> Caroline Flack as well. And I, bless her. I, I, I did, yeah, I did fancy myself as a bit of a smooth talker at times. I just just laid on the, the patter quite thick. And it, so, yeah, the camera was rolling sometimes. <laughs> it was a bit cringy to look back at. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's another moment I forgot completely forgot about so you were signed to um, Simon Cowell's record label yeah and I was just wondering what he, what is he like because he comes across as the big boss yeah, of yeah. the whole shit he owns so many artists basically mm-hmm. on his label yeah yeah um, what was the experience with him like um, yeah so I never dealt with him throughout the show obviously um, I spoke to him on the phone after I'd won and um, he's got a bit of a I don't know how to put it, but he's kind of got like a, you know, it's 2021. I don't know if I can say this, but he's got a feminine sound to him. Right, yeah. Like a, a pussycat. Like he sounds a bit, do you know, um, if you watch um, 
Queen's old interviews and you see what's his name? Dar- Freddie, Freddie, yeah. Freddie da- Mercury. Hi, darling. darling. Oh, right, yeah. He's got a bit of a sound to him. Like the he's, darling. Yeah, I think, yeah. Do you know what? I think that's quite, I think that's maybe just like a showbiz culture thing. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of people in, in, in that industry, like, you know, quite like very comfortable with the sexuality and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And, and um, yeah, I think it's, I think he's just, he's, he's, he's class. He comes from class. He's used to a high, like, you know, a kind of upper class lifestyle and that's that's his vibe but he's very down to earth as well like the guy you see on the show you know I'm sure there's an element of him playing up to a, a or in the past anyway playing up to a sort of a villain type thing yeah. Um, it made him, didn't it? It made him, yeah. yeah. And um, but but I was surprised to find someone when I spoke to him in person who's just kind of kicking back and is very cool and suggested really cool things in terms of like the creative stuff, like bespoke performances. I was really surprised and, and impressed by him as a as a as a creative person. I, I guess to be completely honest watching the show over the years I found the whole thing a little bit corny at times absolutely and, and found well, it, you thought Louis Walsh doing Halloween like corny yeah, you yeah. shot me mate yeah and, and like I guess I, I guess maybe I laid some of the I was like what's Simon doing kind of thing and then, mm-hmm. then you, you know you realise how TV's made and all this kind of stuff and so he was um, he was smart so looking back at it actually his career started doing I think wrestling music yeah, um, and yeah. and then obviously he featured as a personality on a TV show. Before yeah. he knows it, he's got his own show, his own mm. production company. Then he's signing every artist off of the back of that. Just made and he, inspired calls. Then he it. zig and zag and these things. He, apparently he was like in loads of debt. Mate, he was bankrupt. fucking bankrupt. Yeah. Right? So that, that is a lesson right there yeah. for, for people out there feeling, especially at this point, hopeless. Yeah. Like he come back, yeah. he come back as bad as anyone, as good as anyone. Oh man, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I've been at a couple of his events where he's been honoured and stuff, and. Um, I mean, his stories. I think he moved back in with his mum and dad at 35, like no coin. Like he's not, I don't think he's had it easy at all. Um, so to be where he is, like you can only tip your hat to him, I suppose. So obviously you get to the point where you're competing in the final. Yeah. You got to choose your song that yeah. you're going to you sing. Do you choose, did you choose that or did they choose it? Or do you get a few options? As in the winner's single? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I had no, no choice in that. I just had to figure it out. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they chose the song for Imp- you. Impossible was, um, was, I don't know whether this is public knowledge or if anyone will give a fuck, by the way. But um, uh, Cher Lloyd was going to do it if she'd won. Uh, do you not do you remember Cher Lloyd? Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, the, the saddest thing about Cher Lloyd, yeah. uh, someone who was watching the show in that era, is the thing she's now most famous for. What is, is it? Which one of you has had a shit? Is it, I, I don't know about this. Yeah. Do you oh. know? So there's a fucking. There's a. Yeah, like you a you know what I'm on about? Where there's two girls <laughs> going, I'm going to perform Cher Lloyd, and the two little Scottish girls, and they're in the middle yeah. of doing their little rap, right. and the mother bursts through the door, sort of, right. and she goes, Which one has had a shit? <laughs> and they look at her terrified because yeah. this mother's clearly bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Disgusting! Oh, the disgusting. That's thing. the one. I know that. Oh, that's that the, Lloyd, that's the full clip. Oh, they were big Cher Well, Lloyd that's fans. what she's known for now. Bless yeah. Her. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, she might be doing something good luck to her. Yeah. Sure, I mean? Hopefully, she's making a few bags from it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> she could have copyrighted that. She, <laughs> yeah. your Spotify thing would mean nothing, mate. Yeah, it would mean yeah. nothing compared to that. Man, that's fucking this clip hilarious. must have been seen billions of times. But um, wild. but yeah. So you got the, the song picked. What a weird segment. You got the song picked for you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You smashed that song. Thank you. So considering it wasn't picked for you, yeah. they did a good job. Did you grow to love it? Did you love it straight away? Did um, you hate it? Uh, do you know what? A lot of the time on the show, like without blowing my own trumpet, like 
songs get so you, you have like these A&R meetings um, at the beginning of the week where there's a bunch of like label heads and the the music department on the show you get you all get in a room and they go should we do this song should we do that song and and then you kind of have to figure out a lot of product the production of how it's going to be and stuff and I guess mm. with a lot of contestants they they probably had to do everything for the contestant because they didn't really have a sense of identity or anything so it's like we're just going to make you this track and you're going to sing it whereas I was always like they once they realised that I had a bit of nous in with you know how things should be produced and well you're an actual artist had an idea yeah. of how I want exactly yeah things that how I wanted things to sound um, they let me kind of take control and um, that's kind of how it happened with Impossible I was like yeah I'm, I, the song's clearly a great tune but can we do this with a production can we do that and same with the when I did Hometown Glory and it went into a dubstep thing I was like dubstep's kicking off let's do that let's let's somehow let's somehow incorporate that into this performance and it ended up being like a thing that's still looked back on as like a great moment on X Factor I think um, so when you sing it now mm. what does that feel like when I sing Impossible now yeah do you still I feel like, like I'll, I'll die inside every time oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm sick of singing it obviously but it, it's also like responsible for um, you know it's why a lot of people know me around the globe I suppose um, so I'm very grateful to the song uh, we, we do, we've totally mixed switched it up now if you come see one of my shows it's like a rock thing now so so you've made it more fun yeah, for yourself yeah I have to keep reinventing the song otherwise it's just soul destroying it's the same with say you want <laughs> soul yeah, honestly, I love the fact that your fans are like no yeah, they know this I'm so it. honest with them I'm like it's like fucking Guantanamo Bay shit like, <laughs> I'm fucking I'm like seriously so Okay, so that comes out number one. Yeah, I think it was like the biggest selling X Factor winner single ever at that point, something yeah, yeah. like that. Mm. And you you talked about this earlier. You're now the winner. Mm. On the one hand, you're a kid who's come from nothing, had very little confidence. But then on the other hand, you're still that kid who's got a chip on the shoulder who won't be denied. Mm. Um, there's a bit of a battle going on because the whole world is now telling you, James, you're amazing, and yeah, yeah. you know you you're only human and yeah. I've tried to describe this to other people before is like mm. sometimes when everyone's telling you fucking class yeah. you, you kind of do feel hey I'm pretty fucking good mate like yeah. so what is the ego doing at this point now you're the X Factor winner are you are you in that battle of trying to be down to earth or are you getting carried away where is it at do you think that's a really good question because I I think I, st I, I still grapple with that whole thing like I think I actually credit my like Mike Tyson says a really cool thing. Um, I'm sure you've heard him say this because I'm sure you're a big fan, being a fight fan. But he says something about like when people ask him if he's happy, and he's like, "What? What? What the fuck is happiness? Like, happiness is a fleeting moment. Um, like, no one's happy 24 hours a day. Without that um, adversity, there's no progress. Without that um, self doubt, you know, without those insecurities, there's no progress. And I. I think that me having that level of insecurity and that, that self-deprecating thing where I beat myself up all the time has probably allowed me to get as far as I have because I haven't really let peop what people say about me go to my head too much, which is probably surprising to hear having seen some of the shit I've said online. Uh, but that's just smack talk. No, I, really. I get what you're saying, though. But you know what I mean? It's like... Um, you're speaking to my fucking soul here probably. yeah I totally get what it's, you're it's exactly it's exactly that it's like I mean I, I, yeah I do have people telling me I'm amazing all the time I do and like I resent I don't like it I don't, I don't really feel I don't really does like does it just go over the head it goes head? completely over my head and I go nah I'm not I'm shit like 
but then on but you, we're just people so on the flip side yeah before you go out on stage mm. you you can flip the switch and go i'm amazing mm. that high high confidence that you need to perform at that level yeah mixed with that amazing self-doubt that you have in order to create what you need to create yeah they're two extremes that are generating the output 100% and it's like watching um, a fighter in his prime and yeah. it, it, that chip on your shoulder that yeah. self-doubt I want to prove everyone wrong yeah. you know I think that's it's why a, fighting resonates with us so much mm. because it's so synonymous it's like that moment where those guys get in there in their underwear in front of millions of people and, and click that switch you know what I mean like I, I can relate to that because you, you know I'm, it's the same really with getting on stage in front of thousands of people and, and it's like entertain us like mm -hmm. and you can't get up there and act like you're not confident or you don't believe in yourself or you know because it, it won't be you know people people suss that out straight away um, so there, there's definitely a, I definitely like tread that line of you wrestle with yeah it. yeah definitely because one it, it's funny because before Conor McGregor fought I had a conversation with my boxing trainer and he said McGregor's going to lose mm. because um, he's not insecure anymore I thought the same thing. Um, he's he's too yeah. comfortable in his life and he's too happy with yeah. what what has come of it. Yeah. Whereas when you're still that insecure person, mm -hmm. as you have um, managed to hold on to, yeah. which is the burning fire of feeling not good enough and to, yeah. to put that work in, mm. it's 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 a gift and a curse in it on the one hand because that's yeah. kind of part of the mental health troubles yeah. where you never give yourself enough credit and you're not content. Yeah. But it is the fire that provides the artistry yeah. isn't it? It, it do you know what mate that's, that's a perfect way to put it and I think that's why I've kept hitting these these roadblocks because I'm just living this life of trying to strike that balance it's like I don't think I'm good enough don't think anyone's I don't think I'm getting enough credit for how much better I am than everyone else or what I do that doesn't make sense but I, it does make yeah. sense to yeah. me yeah. but to a re but I guess to a, a fan of yours yeah. they're going to be like what, what do you mean it's like yeah, well, yeah you know for for x amount of hours in a day i can feel like shit yeah but then i can hear another artist on the radio and mm. i go i'm hang better than him yeah i can beat him yeah hang on a minute yeah hang on a minute like <laughs> i've got those tools and i've got a lot of other tools like why are they not why, why am i not being talked about like yeah. i've pioneered some genre or whatever i don't know it's just i think i think with me as well i think maybe there's a bit of a there's a bit of a chip and <laughs> I probably shouldn't even talk like this on here because it probably won't come across very well but like I do think I've got to work twice as hard as everyone else because of where I come from <laughs> and, every, and and like me, son. and uh, I feel that and it's like when you're working class right this is a, it's an unspoken it's an unspoken prejudice because there are far worse prejudices in the world yeah. that are far more important to get to. We yeah. got to get to those ones first. Yeah. But I, for example, see Sky Sports and BT Sport mm. picking um, Mr. Perfect over yeah. myself. Yeah. And I go, wait, 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 are we going to ignore the fact that I was the yeah. one who did the commentator for every single fight, did all the podcasts, got yeah. the best out of the lads. I even set the fucking fight up, you know, but yeah. no, you're not interested in me because what, because of my tattoos, because of my, Cause Cause of my Geordie accent. Because you accent. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I come from nothing, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, and at that point, that's where the chip grows. And it's yeah. not about being jealous of other people. Yeah. It's about knowing what your worth what is worth, and feeling yeah. like you're not getting recognised exactly. it's frustrating yeah it is frustrating yeah and it's like we say it's, it's it's walking that line each day and like making those bad days good you know what I mean mm -hmm. like going back to that circling back to that that Twitter beef and stuff like that 
that was me on a really bad day like prob- mm. probably in the back of my head being a bit pissed off that I wasn't where, maybe where I think I should be do you know what I mean or mm. I mean, there, there might be a bit it's good that, to admit maybe, that maybe it, maybe, it, maybe that they triggered me because you know maybe I do think like, I look at certain people who come from a certain background and think you know like it's a privilege just to have a bloody webcam in your, in your house like just to be able to make a video <laughs> like <laughs> let alone like actually have some talent as well and all yeah. that kind of stuff and when you know when you've got that start and you're not something and you're not really showing me something that I'm all that like impressed by like I think maybe maybe that tri- maybe that triggers me a little bit it triggered me a lot when I started YouTube because yeah. in my head I'm looking at I'm looking at how I can talk and what, what I've got to say in the life experience I've been through yeah. and I'm seeing people are sitting on millions of subscribers yeah. because they open FIFA packs yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a bit of a yeah. the fuck is yeah, going yeah, on yeah, here yeah. but it, it's uh, adapt or you know accept the environment yeah, absolutely, and adapt yeah. or you're fucked aren't you so that's it, that's I had to get over that and be a bit like don't be a jealous twat yeah. like show people how good you are yeah. but even now I do think I've had to fucking fly like an eagle exactly. to get where other people have had to mm-hmm. step to yeah. you know what I mean it, and that is the working class thing a little bit I think yeah but mate you've I mean I think you're on, on you're smashing it and like, you deserve all of this stuff and you're right you should be quite rightly you should be commentating on these big fights like, especially mm. these these crossover fights like I think for, for a second there you weren't being considered for it were you oh the sky would never consider me mate I've, I've, I've said the F word a few times I'm I mean now, that's, you know? that's, that's absolutely yeah. but also I just don't you know like it's it's my appearance it's where I come from yeah. it's the fact that I'm working class like that's that's the whole thing yeah. you know what I mean I know yeah. that plays into it mm. because I know there are certain companies who wouldn't work with me mm-hmm. for that reason yeah. but this is about you not about me well it's a chat and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in <laughs> And your, your life as well, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good getting in all these things. Related. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I, one of the things I definitely identified with you with was when it did all go wrong because it's gone all wrong for me before. Yeah. And how you didn't give up, mate. And no. I think that that really took some fucking balls because it, yeah. you know, I think almost people. We love a success story, but yeah. we fucking love oh. a, a redemption story. Yeah, you we, know, and that was yeah. although you kind of, on the one hand, in some people's eyes, caused it yourself. Mm. You're a fucking child, yeah. given the world in the palm of your hand. Of course, you were going to spunk it up the wall in a way. Yeah. So, can you kind of Quite describe to me um, how the the the, the self destruct button was pressed initially? Some of the things that went into the record label, going, mm. now we're done with this guy. Because well, that blew my mind at the time. There's just a lot of things, mate, to be honest. Like, I just made a lot of poor decisions. And I think, again, like, I think a part of me wanted to. I think a part of me was trying to do it. And because, like, why the, you know, like, I, I've been a big hip-hop fan and I made, like, rap music and stuff before I went on The X Factor. I made, like, this hybrid music. I mean, I rapped in my audition. Mm-hmm. I made, like, this hybrid of sort of, like, blues, rock, rap sort of stuff. And, like, Charlie... Charlie Sloth had me on um, Fire in the Booth, which is, you know, a very credible... It's M- respected, ...respected for sure. show for MCs. And mm-hmm. it was like, of course it was backlash, like letting an X Factor winner. Like, people's, people's, people are so narrow-minded, they thought, hang on, he can't rap because he'd come from the X Factor. That's genuinely how some people think. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of backlash there. And then some, you know, a lad, uh, an MC that was part of, like, the kind of underground battle rap scene... Um, did a diss track to me and 
I thought, well, no other X Factor winner had fucking respond to this. I'm gonna, because I'm fucking real. And, I'm, <laughs> and I was stoned off my fucking tits, drinking whatever. And I went, just put the mic on, and I just spat like a, fr- a freestyle on the, on, on the mic and, and just put it out, not a second thought. I just went, there you go, so res- responded to him. And said some irresponsible things in there that ultimately the media sensationalized and took out of context because I come from the Simon Cowell machine and really I wasn't the target I guess he w- was the target well you're bound to the, the rules aren't you I guess I'm yeah. like a, you're like a politician when you win like when you win something like the effect, <coughs> or you come from a TV it's like I, you know I got, you got to be some you're held to a different standard I suppose mm-hmm. in some ways you know I'm not saying that like anyone should go around using um, you know the sort of language I was using in, in that in that thing which I, I didn't even think twice about or it was not well you're, you're stepping into a different game yeah. where in rap music as I'm a big time uh, rap music fan from years from, from being 11 years old yeah. you know some of the shit that Eminem used to say yeah, like, yeah. we're all hailing Eminem yeah, now, yeah. no one ever brings up no, no, some no. of the shit that Eminem and I'm not asking for the guy to get cancelled I'm a huge fan yeah. but I'm just saying that's all been conveniently sort yeah. of yeah whatever and we all sort of yeah. we all love Eminem now but r- real talk he said some of the worst shit you can ever yeah. I mean, he 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 described murdering his own baby yeah. mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on uh, you know, yeah, not a problem, mate. Crack yeah. on. And and the, and the reason why we sort of we don't condone it, but we know it's a, it's like any it's like a lot of artists like they they sometimes there's a persona that they're playing. You know, there's, a, well, there's it's like acting, isn't it? it? It's, it's like it's, yeah, just because Eminem. You yeah. know, set, did what he did in the music. Yeah, it doesn't mean that's his real persona. Exactly. Is it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's performing. Exactly. My my whole scheme in this like rap dish that I did back to him was was like, like you love me, don't you, mate? Like you absolutely, you love you want to you you want to shag me and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, because okay. why why are you talking about me so much? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. That was the part I was playing, and then certain that you know there was there was a word was used within that that. I think we can all guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that it was considered homophobic, obviously. And I mean, anyone that knows me knows that that's not even—it's not even on my radar. I don't—I don't think I don't have any sort of discrimination against anyone. Um, so um, yeah, that was kind of made you know big thing of, and 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 quite rightly because like I, you know I shouldn't have been using that type of language. But yeah, there was just a lot of things around that time. Um, that I did that were just ill-advised and was that the One Direction time as well I think what did I say about One Direction I said something like if you want to know I, I did my research you did your research I, I think it was something along the lines someone was saying like you're fucking shit compared to One Direction and I went One Direction sell t-shirts and merchandise they're not mu- they're not I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a musician sort of thing it was something oh like right that. so that's why they then came back and, and Louis, yeah. Louis Tomlinson said something about you yeah and then you said it was just my same temper again yeah. where I was like Hang on a minute, who are you coming at, sort of yeah. thing? Like so, so this is a, again, this is a fan mm. starting it, and you've been tricked by the bait a little bit. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, all of this, you know, I feel like I was one of the first people to get cancelled. Like this cancel culture. I think I was, this was like 2013 or something. I feel like I was in that. Yeah, on, first yeah. Thing. You were one of the first big online mm. guys uh, who was a celebrity to go through this weird thing where yeah. it was like the you know insert celebrity name here is over party yeah. and, and, and so much worse has happened since then that people haven't been cancelled over or whatever and I and I don't agree with it I'm 
not saying I'm caught again I'm not calling for people to get cancelled and stuff but well you, you mentioned yeah. obviously Caroline Flack earlier we've seen what mm. it can do to people like not everyone's built yeah. to withstand yes. everyone in the world telling them their shit funny old thing right? yes. you know what I mean it's, a tra- it's just a tragedy isn't it um, a absolute tragedy so so it all it all the shitstorm happened mm. and who how do you find out that you're dropped from the record label who contacted you how oh. did that go down Oh my God, you know what? It was a weird day that actually, I do remember that. I remember my heart sinking. It was a weird, it was a bittersweet thing actually. I was at, I was at a radio station in Brazil or some shit. Like I, was, I can't remember where I was, but I remember my manager coming in and being like, so the label aren't gonna take up the next option with you. Like, they're not gonna do the next album with you. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> my numbers are unbelievable. Like I've just had a number one album or whatever. I'm like, like yeah we just can't they don't want to be associated with you because of your behavior and stuff like that and my heart sunk because i was like ah any x factor winner that has been dropped or or like yeah being dropped basically the, the the odds are massively stacked against you to ever do anything ever again well, i mean even being an x factor winner the odds are stacked. i mean yeah exactly yeah. that they're all the, none of them really not a yeah. lot of them go on to be massive successes yeah so then to be dropped yeah precisely and I, and I was like part of me was like ah fuck this really is over now this really is over and then the other part of me is like well you wanted this like you know what i mean you you did everything you could to make sure that you pushed all this, I pushed everyone away. I pushed all my family away, my friends. I just was just so acting so crazy. Um, but yeah, that was it. That began a journey of, that began two, two and a half years of just severe depression, that really. So so in that moment, um, mm. this is a real low point for you. Yeah, the lowest, yeah. Yeah, probably. Who was there for you? Um, who was there for me? My, my girlfriend was there for me. Um, massively supportive helped me through a lot of panic attacks a lot of a lot of um yeah a lot of just a lot of dark times i mean mate i i was i was genuinely like i had i had i had um, a couple of paramedics on my whatsapp thing <laughs> like because i was ringing the ambulances that regularly like convinced i was having a heart attack i mean anyone who knows what it's like to live with um anxiety attacks feels like you're dying and feels like you're having a heart attack were you on medication for this yeah i was i was on medication at that time i'm no longer on medication i'm completely i don't i don't do anything now Uh, what was it like going on the medication for you out of interest uh just flat just there's a lot of misinformation and people don't really talk about yeah so i think it's healthy to say what it felt like i think for some people like medication works doesn't it and and it did work for me for a short period of time but uh, i i want to tread carefully with this because I'm not saying you can't be creative when you're on medication, but sometimes the motivation wasn't there for me. Mm. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it's different. They often struggle to find the right meds for the right exactly. person. So it's a bit of a process. It's, it's a process. It? It's finding that balance. Yeah. And, um, and and me having a sort of addictive personality and that sort of destruct, that inner saboteur, if you like, um, I was always just... Uh, you know, I was playing with the idea, oh, should I take two today? Should I take one? Or should I, I was kind of fucking around with right, the idea. Okay. And, so and you, that, you, already, you were kind of making it hard for yourself. I was making right? it really hard for myself. And, and the, I was just like, the, the demons were just growing and growing. It's the best way I could put it. Um, and yeah, but, but ultimately, um, again, it goes back to that thing I was saying about like being happy to have those demons. And 
um, enjoying the fact that I have that thing in me um, because that means uh, pro- because it means progress for me without that and if I have things that dampen it down I've just got to fucking run a few days a week get those the endorphins that way or play some play football or or hit the pads you know what I mean that's that's the thing for me personally or um, be creative mm-hmm. and medication is not is, is not for me personally but for a lot of people it, it will work and it might work for a short period of time but I do think that you know um, yeah you just uh, uh, medication and therapy would be my if you're going to do medication do therapy as well going back to the demons yeah. um, as someone who I feel like I've got some of that shit in me as well yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a weird thing because um, you, you say you feel like you kind of enjoy that as well even though it's torture at times yeah. what do you mean by that well like because I'll have a day where I'm just fucking I'm riddled with this thing this this um the darkness the dark, yeah and um but i'll create something absolutely like something beautiful can come from that and like mm-hmm. look and then the next day i'm feeling cool i'm feeling all right i'm not feeling some so that way and i can look back the, the previous day and i wrote say you won't let go which has got four billion streams or something like that mm-hmm. it's one of only a few songs ever that and that must mean that i've got something in me is capable of something like that and if without those demons you wouldn't have that in you maybe I I subscribe to the idea right now yeah I do I think I think I'm 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 much uh, more productive and more prolific when um, I feel like I've got something to prove I'm I'm motivated by competition as well like me getting in shape right now I I put on so much weight again during the lockdown because I was just like sitting around feeling like shit again just you know whatever um going through one of those little episodes and and then i started competing with a mate like to, who could burn the most calories every day and like i've got to win and it doesn't matter if i have to t- take my ass outside at 12 o'clock at night to get those last 500 calories like, i'm gonna do it because i need i need to win um so i don't know i can't remember where, where what my point was there but like the, the motivation for me is to is to like prove i'm good enough i suppose is to prove that i and uh, and i'll break myself in order to do that going going back to that song um say you want to let go like very few artists will ever know what it's like to have to have a hit like that mm. and um you know i was doing my research and i was like fucking hell you know because i knew it was everywhere and you mm. just it was an unescapable song for for a minute there like for a long minute yeah but like for example for those Fucking who don't annoying, yeah. no, but for those who don't I mean I, I, you know I like your voice it's, it's fine but for those who don't know it's like 13th on Spotify's all time most yeah. listened to you're like we're talking Drake Billie Eilish like Ed Sheeran like you're right up there with them yeah and as an you know an English artist coming from here that's fucking crazy because we're used to let's be honest outside of Ed Sheeran and a handful of others mm. you know we don't it doesn't happen does it so no. you really crossed into the world with that yeah uh, uh, it's it, it is mad to think about it i'm 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 proud of that because yeah it's like thir- like you say it's 13th on the um more uh, uh, was it like the only most listened to ever on spotify to ever yeah and and the other songs are by a handful of artists so maybe like the other songs on that list are um are produced by maybe five artists like yeah. like you said Drake Post Sheeran, Malone Post, yeah like the big hitters and like somehow I've made my way onto that list 
So it's, yeah, I'm very proud of that. Um, Can you take me back to the day you wrote that song? Can you remember writing it? Hung over as fuck. Like I was, I was in LA, right? And um, I'd been, my, one of my boys from home was, was out with me. And um, we just went to this Irish bar, just drank all day. And um, I knew I had this session the next day. I woke up, didn't want to go. It's funny how these things, like great things come out of these sorts of things. But you know, when you're hungover, you're riddled with anxiety and you don't want to go to work. You don't want to do, you don't want to go and do what you've got scheduled. And um, my A&R at the time, she was just like, just go along, do me a favor. Like, I'd, I'd never liked being given a brief, of her, like a brief, like, you know, can you give us a mix of Justin Bieber, Love Yourself and Lucas Graham, Seven Years. Like, give us a mix of them two songs in terms of the songwriting and, and the feel and everything. And I was like, I'm gonna go here, do this session. I'm gonna do what she's asked me to do. I'm gonna write this simple love song, a conversational love song, and I'm gonna bounce. And, and the other two guys in the room, they must have they must have sensed that I wanted to get out of there quick because I wasn't feeling good and I penned this thing, you know they you know they, they did help a li- they helped a little bit of the production and stuff but I take credit for like me just doing like taking the reins in that session and just going here you go I put the vocal down I didn't think anything of it and for a long time when everyone was going mad about this song going this is the fucking best song we've ever heard like all, all, all internally the label and everyone are like this is this song's fucking unreal and I'm like. I think it's corny as fuck. I hate, <laughs> I hate this song. Like, they were like, "This is your comeback single." I was like, "No chance. No, I need to come back with a big redemption song about how I've overcome my demons and all this shit." They were like, "Nah, this is the song," and 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 I kind of went with it and it just shows what I know about like you know A and R and stuff like that because it it was. I remember just on this one day, um, it went to number one in the charts. I got a call from Psycho asking me to come back to them. They wanted to re-sign me. They wanted me to come back on X Factor and perform all the things that's like seemed like a pipe dream. Oh, you love me now, do you? Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a bit of that, yeah. And um, all of that shit happened on the same day, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" It was like a dream. Um, so yeah, I mean that song is just it. It just turned my life. I was in debt at that point as well. I was like 200, 300 grand in debt. I, I what from was it just lifestyle and just lifestyle I didn't even realise that I'd got oh. myself in that debt it was like my account was just like you're kind of in the red here I was going to what Moldo what was the tax man in that yeah I don't know like yeah. a bit of gambling but I like bet on football and shit um, and uh, I mean you must have put some big bets on pulse <laughs> no, yeah so there's a, a few big bets but clearly you, know, you weren't living responsibly nah. then you were just wild as fuck at that point a bit wild and, I, and, and they were sending me to like fucking Moldova or Romania every Friday night to sing Impossible and make like 10 G's or something like that was my life at that point and everything was resting on whether or not I could write this album or write a song that could get me back on the radio basically and say one like oh did it it's funny because um yeah, I've. I don't know. It's a bit of a battle with that because, like you say, you wanted that redemption song, but then yeah. you come in with the love song, and like you say, you're like, "Oh, it's corny." Yeah, but it connected. I still find it a bit corny. It connect- oh, it is a bit corny, yeah. but like, love songs are supposed to be corny. Are, That's because yeah. in that moment mm. when you're thinking about that person, obviously, like women especially connected with it because obviously yeah. it's about making them feel a certain way yeah and actually the way you talked about writing it really reminded me of uh, when robbie williams wrote angels it was quite a similar sort of hungover yeah it's funny how uh it's you guys happens, yeah. work i don't know what it is i think maybe we're just a little bit looser or, or, yeah. or something i don't know what do you in terms of 
you know you talked about impossible and how you a bit you're fucking sick of singing it <laughs> um this song well like like angels for robbie mm. you know you're gonna be fucking 50 yeah and people are gonna want to hear this yeah they and are. they're not gonna want to hear your version pal no they want this version they want the radio don't edit. fucking yeah no. You, no they're not gonna be letting you I change don't fuck, i don't fuck with that to be honest no, no you can't but i don't really have to sing it at this point luckily like yeah you just you know the words yeah i, like just, robbie. Do, I just stand there playing <laughs> the guitar and then just you know it's easy it's it's kind of it's kind of cool that that's amazing it's always an amazing moment when we play that song because do you leave that the last that's last yeah every time yeah it's uh, yeah and they just they do just sing it from start to finish and i just feel that's it's, it's amazing what was the um what was the friends and family reaction like to that moment of redemption and um, when you got it back i think they were probably as shocked as i was because do you know what halfway through my like sort of meltdown breakdown whatever you want to call it not be, not having a deal for two years and going through all this um, depression and, and whatever like there was a point where I remember saying to people around me I was like I'm going to fight here I'm going to see if I can do this I'm going to see if I can come back I'm going to write that song I'm going to do I'm going to get back on X Factor and be make this mad comeback and everyone you know I knew everyone thought I was deluded oh yeah they're probably you know you know when mm. like the, the old footballers in the pub going I could have I could have done it yeah. you know what I mean you sound yeah. a bit like that then don't I, you oh, and, and I knew it yeah. but I just kept doing it because I was like subscri I, 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 I subscribed to that whole putting things out there into the universe sort of vibe you know I, mm. I, I subscribed to all that um, manifestation and stuff and and I thought if I kept saying it no matter how deluded I sounded because that's how I got where I got in the first place I told everyone I was going to be this fucking this this superstar or whatever when I was younger I'm going to be a singer and, and I never I never wavered from that um, and I kind of went back to that I suppose in them two years and told everyone I was going to make this comeback and no matter how unrealistic that seemed I was just going to keep putting it, putting it out there and I, I wonder how much that played a part in, in the whole thing Do you think after having everything and losing everything yeah. and then getting everything back you now appreciate it properly yeah I mean it took to, uh, when the comeback happened it did take me a couple of years to process that again as well it was like winning all over again yeah. um, it was like getting that moment all over again So and, and I felt like it was going to get stripped away from me again I felt like that was the paranoia some paranoia was there the yeah. whole time I was like oh shit have I like you know done something wrong is there anything is something going to come out you know that whole thing or have I, have I so but yeah I just I lived with that for two years man mm -hmm. I lived with it for two years and, and then it just was like no I'm cool I'm cool and I think that's probably why I didn't really follow up the success of Say You Want Like The Go that go in a big way it was very difficult to um, very difficult to emulate the success of that as, you, uh, as we've talked about it being just anomaly of a song um, what it's done like views wise and streams and stuff um, oh mate, we're talking like billions yeah. of views, billions of streams. So I guess I was insane. trying to like maybe maybe do it again. Maybe that's what them two years I was like, gotta do that again. And it just became a bit draining. And I've now got to a point where I just like making music I want to make, and that's that's the way I'm moving forward. Speaking of which, actually, the creative process. Yeah. You, you mentioned that the label were going right if we could just have a bit of Justin Bieber and uh, yeah, bit, yeah. sprinkle a little bit of this other hit song in there that'll be fucking champion and you you actually did it yeah you know I think we've spoken before on the phone um, about creative integrity mm -hmm. versus hits yeah 
and you definitely seem to struggle a little bit with that in the past of battling what the record label want mm. from you versus who you feel you really are yeah how, how are you finding that moving forward I'm uh, I really feel like I'm in a place now where I've, I'm on my I'm on my fourth studio album like with a major label uh, I feel like I've earned my stripes I spent the last year I spent 2020 um, doing a lot of soul searching and um I made the, I made this new album at my house, which was like just a revelation because I I've always hated, you know, major labels will like they will send you out on this like tour of um, studio super yeah studio super producers like oh this guy just wrote a hit with Selena Gomez you, you're gonna go write a song with him and like I've always hated it just, I I just think like you spend one day reading the room and getting past the sort of social, social anxieties and then the next day you might create something good whereas like the whole process this time I was able to be vulnerable I was in my own in my own like um, sanctuary um, and it just meant that I made the best most personal album I could, I could have made I think that doesn't seem like the best way to, well, I mean I'm, I'm the expert but like mm. part of the reason the artists that I like seem to like going back to Eminem we mentioned earlier he yeah. worked with Dr. Dre they knew each other inside out yeah, yeah. that's why the chemistry was amazing so to yeah. go to meet a guy and then we expect to knock a hit out within yeah. a day of meeting someone yeah. seems fucking mental to me yeah I, and I agree it works for some people it's never worked for me not to say that I haven't gotten some amazing things out of doing that mm. but I've just it's just I don't think the creative process should be stressful and maybe I'm not the type of personality to be doing that and and like um, I don't like the feeling of of feeling like you got to earn your stripes in a room like I I feel like I've done I, I've been through that and being on my fourth album and you know producing albums that have been successful um, on, a, on a couple of occasions I um, I just I, I want creative like full creative control now and I've got that so in, in answer to your question I'm really happy with where I am as like an artist and as a business and yeah from top to bottom I'm kind of across everything which wasn't always the case you know it was it was a process and I've had to release things that maybe I didn't really believe in you know just to just to plug a gap to keep me going keep me relevant uh, you know on the advice of a label or or PR whatever it may be you know I think you've been edging closer though because I yeah. noticed on the third album the first two were quite similar although yeah uh, the second one uh, I felt the progress yeah. clearly but it was in a similar style exactly the yeah. third one there was a bit more flavour in there like that Treehouse song for example yeah that was like oh he's, he's going in a bit of a different direction yeah, yeah I like this yeah yeah what is your creative process then now yeah I'm glad you said that because that's really been the, the mission is like getting here where I am now and I think if you like stuff like that you're going to love this album the mm. creative process for me I think I'm like I think I'm a melody guy really like I think if I if a melody resonates with me then everything else is very easy to me like the the conversational lyrics and stuff is sort of where my skill lies I think um so once you get the melody down, everything else sort of falls into yeah. place. Yeah, I think melody's just really important. That, that would be my... It's, it's, a, it's a boring answer to a really good question. And, you know, I know a lot of people have, like, so, interesting processes. But for me, like, uh, if, I make a, if I make a beat or, like, put some chords down or whatever or play some chords on the guitar, um, I just spitball melodies for ages. I just spit... I just sing and sing melodies and... and, and um, to one fits. To one fits. Okay. And one feels like, is that a verse? or And then it's the question of, is that a verse? Is that a pre-chorus? Is that... 
is that the say you won't let go moment is, do you know what I mean is that um, is that something that people are going to walk around singing and then do you hum it or something do you do, like, without actually putting words in do you just start humming I have, this, I have this way of like singing where it sounds like I'm saying stuff but I'm not really singing I'm yeah. not really saying the words I'm just so, kind of so you put the words in later so yeah it's kind of, I sort of slot them in later I mean sometimes like you get a phrase and or a concept sometimes but on the whole my thing is like melody really actually there's there, I was listening to the album before you came mm. and I wanted to talk to you about some lyrics because there was one there was an opening of a song and I remember the first time I heard it and I was like you're talking to me James I yeah, feel yeah. you yeah, yeah. Um, okay I'm going to read them out to you Go this on. might get awkward okay. no, that's alright it's cool Every lad will, will connect with this, in my opinion. Yeah. How can someone so beautiful as you be such a terrible human? <laughs> right, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I lay in bed at night and wonder myself, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, but I like the way you always stand up for yourself. But you got to take it too far and you drag me through hell. Honey, you know how to turn me around. Don't know what, don't know how you do it. So let's smoke, let's drink till we're fucking in the bathroom, leaning over the sink. I'm, I'm listening to this just like, I mean, I, women can connect with that and think it's about a man, but yeah. for, a, for a, that really spoke to me because like you could yeah. be in a relationship and just be like, what are we fucking doing? But then yeah. next thing you know, you're over the sink. Yeah. As, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, wait, how does stuff like that just come into your head? Is that from personal experience or is that? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? As, I, um, oh, you've got a sink I'm sure do you know what I mean yeah I've got a sink <laughs> used, used it now and again um, I just think like it's very easy like in theory to say just write some shit that like people can relate to that like is a co would be a conversation and people a lot of people do that well but when it's done really well where like you've sang a melody but the lyrics are saying something like that saying something that you would say to you or think about your missus mm -hmm. Like and you can make it feel like it's a conversation, but it's also hooky. There's a there's a lot of uh, it's like multifaceted, isn't it? That's so boring and like songwritery. No, but, but yeah, but you're you, I get you're a trained lyricist at this point, so you I know support, you, you can yeah. break things down on a technical level. Yeah, I guess you're, you're at that moment. I'm assuming you're just laying back and thinking about how you felt at certain times and yeah. wondering how can I put this into it, a, a story and, and make yeah. it sound good. It actually came from like um, I was talking to this uh, this guy Egg White, who's uh, just like this legend in the in the game. We got in a in a room together and we started writing the song. We were talking about relationships and like wanted to make this kind of sexy song, mm -hmm. and he started doing these fucking cool ass like roads things and. And um, I was like, what's it like for you, like being married for a hundred years or whatever, you, how long, however long you've been with your missus, just like, I fucking hate her sometimes. And I was like, I'm gonna use that, like, mm. but, 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 you know, ultimately he'd stayed with her that long because he, because he loved her. And like, he knows at the end of the day, they'll have a little drink, maybe whatever they do. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll probably go on tap and everything will be fine, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, something as simple as that and something so real is very pure and um, honest isn't it so uh, yeah he, I mean he, he inspired that to be fair I've noticed your live shows you go for it you I mean it wasn't just for X Factor like you really give the audience everything you have yeah uh, what is it like being on tour generally oh man I love I love being on tour I, I mean it's tiring it's exhausting and I put a lot of pressure on myself when I'm on tour because I, I have to there's a level of vocals that I want to produce every night and I know that 
you can't burn the candle at both. I learned that in, in my, on my first couple of tours. Like you can't be smoking weed till fucking six o'clock in the morning on the mm-hmm. tour bus and then get up and smash out impossible or whatever I've got to do the next night. It's just not because your your voice is special and you know how do you look after it? How uh, do you it's, do it's, it's it's been a lot of trial and error with me. It's been a lot. It's been that's been a real challenge for me because I because I. I don't really like to be in my head when I'm performing thinking save yourself for tomorrow you got to do this again tomorrow night like I do want to I do want to give you the whole shebang every night I want everyone to feel this have the same moment every night that's that's my thing that's my problem I suppose it's not a problem it's a, it's a blessing and a curse really but um, yeah I've, I've struggled with it I've, I've kind of finally nailed it now I, I just have to do like two shows and have two days off and then two shows and, and I'm at a point now where I can tailor the tours to suit the sort of how demanding the vocals are in a lot of a lot of our songs so mm-hmm. going, going back to music artists that you listened to growing up yeah uh, who were your the ones who really made you fall in love with music um, so my my mum played a lot of uh played a lot of the greats really just a lot of, like you know Stevie Wonder and uh, Michael Jack Michael Jackson mainly I think was the one for was was my guy when I was a kid mm-hmm. that's what I wanted you know I wanted to sing like him and stuff uh, but then my, I'd go over to my dad's house and my dad would be playing Black Sabbath and Thin Lizzy and Led Zeppelin and The Who The Who was my dad's that really makes like, sense listening to your albums because yeah. it, it does feel like it's yeah, a bit of a it's a, a clash yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is and um you know, that's why this new album I wanted to make it more coherent you'll, you'll hear it's more of a cohesive body of work but yeah I think sometimes I've put too many styles together but that's probably because of the influences I was hearing when I was younger it was rock and it was it does so, feel like a, a, a weird fusion sometimes yeah. when I'm listening I'm like pick who you want to be James totally like, yeah, yeah I agree with on, you on certain tracks I'm like yeah um, and, I, and, and the you know you're nobody still somebody loves you I, mm. I found that a bit Oh, I'm, I like this but it's mm. also a weird mix of so much gone in there yeah um, whereas obviously Say You Won't Let Go is very much just it's just one, it's one this is who I am yeah, um, yeah. I, I found I found it hard to really pick a lane I think because I want to do so many things I've, uh, I like the idea of being versatile and being good at lots of different genres And are you going to rap more? this new album is, is yeah there's a, bit, a fair bit of rap on it good it's kind of tr- more trappy sort of thing, yeah. like a trappy rock sort of Post Malone esque. I think thing. you've got it in you to do that style for sure. Yeah. Um, when you describe melodies, yeah. If there's someone who's the king of melodies, it's Post Malone, in my opinion. Like the, yeah. he, I don't think he's the greatest lyricist in the world, but melodies the, are unreal, he yeah. guy, this guy nails melodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and this, the producer he works with, they're, mm. they're, I think he's called Andrew Watt. I think he's called. Yeah. They are just a fucking force to be reckoned with. Yeah, they smash it. What what about um is, you did a song with MGK. Yeah. Uh are you do you, he he seemed to like you. He spoke very highly of you Yeah, he's, he's my boy. Yeah, we um I've done a couple of shows with him here and there and uh we're actually we're actually working on some bits and bobs as well. Yeah. Like, cuz cuz I did I, I was on a couple of albums ago. Um and I'm working on something with Travis Barker right now we, who I've collaborated with on on He was on the last album, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I think we're going to MGK might be involved in some ways, which is really exciting. He's so talented, this guy. MGK is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's same in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, he's like he's very the dirt. Yeah, he's class, wasn't he? Oh, he was actually really fucking good. He was class. I yeah. was shocked at how 
like talented he is at Achter and he can do it yeah. all this guy yeah he's he's like he's the, the yardstick like I, it's kind of where I, where I'll, I want to get to as well is, is doing all of all of that stuff is to to be taken seriously for the rap stuff for the rock stuff for the pop stuff yeah. and then the acting stuff as well like that's really you know he's really nailing that to be fair what did you think when him and Eminem were going back and forth because I think the, uh, whole, the whole world because you're an Eminem fan massive I know. Eminem fan yeah. uh, but the whole world was like MGK's this was actually fucking sick it was, like, clear, it was actually yeah. really good I was, it was a hard one because it's, it's weird isn't it because you're like being you know Eminem's like the god and if you're into rap mm-hmm. MGK had done better than I mean, anyone Eminem's ever come up against he's buried them hasn't he like, yeah. there's been no one who's really tested him and MGK did like everyone loved the tune I don't necessarily think that his bars were as good as, as Eminem's were when he came back yeah. with the other one because, you know technically when you break it down but it had hooks in it the and beat was good as the well the beat was class yeah. and made, he made a sick video and he said some pretty cutting things didn't uh, he so yeah I mean I mean, a lot of people think he won that battle I think it's a bit like um, going against the heavyweight champion and doing better than anyone had done before yeah. so you kind of win sort of and like, also better than anyone thought he would do yeah. so he kind of won anyway oh, 100% he? yeah he, he's, I mean, he couldn't have done better in that situation could he really smashed it I want to come on the kickoff one time as well you, know? you fucking know it we'll definitely get in I'd the lo- kickoff I'd love that come talk, yeah. talk about the butter yeah we'd, we'd love that um, but we're talking about women now women great good, good. my missus is over there that's great, cool great subject can't wait uh, <laughs> sorry about that no but um, I was I was thinking about you know when I was talk, talking about earlier about you flirting with women and all of this on the X Factor for a bit of a, a laugh obviously yeah but how it was like before X Factor yeah. versus during and after X Factor mm. and how you adapted to a change where all of a sudden you're not the chaser yeah. you're the one being chased because that's a bit of a head fuck for many men 100%. very difficult and I don't yeah. think people really appreciate because it's such a great problem to have yeah. how difficult it can be to manage that problem and how, how did you find that? Um, it's a good question um well, I think it definitely became a problem. 100% became a problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's a weird one though, isn't it? Because everyone's like, fucking prick. But like, yeah. but it's, it's like being, I guess, an addict to, to food. And yeah. all of a sudden food becomes free. Like, and you're just in this fucking, you know, you're well, doing all the wrong things probably. I mean, it's not, I, I don't know how to put this in like, a, like I say, I'm not media trained or anything. So it's, it's a hard. good thing. So it's probably a good thing. But like, I mean, you grow up coming from the back ass of nowhere. Like, I, I did a really insignificant town, fucking, for want of a better phrase, fucking wanking over n- these nuts magazines and these women <laughs> that you never think you're going to fucking ever, ever have. And, like, you know, these... Yeah, you know, you, you've got a graph to get to get girls and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I, I did all right because I was in a rock band and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, I mean, for any guy, like, who hasn't got... How do I put this? I, all of a sudden... Um, there was no graft involved at all with getting with getting girls and like I just thought this was it this was normal this is the culture you get you just don't have to work hard like she wants it I want it there's no like and like so you go and do a show you get a girl and and then before you know it you just like DMing girls like left and right and sex becomes like the focus but you're James Arthur as well so what happens when you're 
all right, now I'm off to the, the next town mm. and I'll see you later. How, yeah. how does that get dealt with? Like, uh, you know, was it just like, yeah, okay, fine? Or, yeah. you know, did you get into situations where it was like a whole big fucking mess and people wouldn't accept things? Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> you wouldn't think I'm not exactly fucking Brad Pitt or how, but I broke a few hearts along the way and I definitely like tread some girls in a way that I regret just because I thought, you know, because I, I was getting away with it, I suppose, and like, and I was speaking to women at, at one point in a way that, like, you know, I'm not proud of in the sense that, like, I just kind of like, you, do, you when you're in the public eye, and I suppose if when it becomes easy and you're getting girls and things like that, you sort of like take it for granted. I heard I heard a lad talking about uh, someone someone in the public eye, um, a famous singer talking about how, like, he ended up sleeping with a fan, and like afterwards it became very clear to him that like she'd only slept with him because his music had gotten her through a really bad time and he never thought once about that he just thought she wants to have sex i want to have sex and we're just gonna do it men don't question shit that like that do we we're just like what sex okay then yeah but as you get older you know i've got four sisters and Mm -hmm. like um and and, and i love them dearly and like the thought of any man like treating them as an object or or but maybe you were the object as well. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, there is that. There's a lot of things at play there. Um, Did it, you ever feel like that? Because in, yeah. in periods of my life, I realised in in maybe not treating women with as much respect as I should have done, I was also disrespecting myself at the time as well. Because yeah. I'm like, hold on a second, I'm starting to feel worthless because yeah. I just do this without thinking. Yeah. So therefore it's not good for me either really yeah like we, although it feels great at the time and all of that yeah it's a bizarre situation as a man yeah. to find yourself in where i'm like my self-esteem is going down here yeah and ultimately it's for like it's a lot of it's for validation isn't it it's, mm. a, you know it's that thing about kind of what we went back to earlier kind of being told you know you're not this you're not that yeah. so when you're in you know, I guess a situation with a beautiful woman. You're like, yeah. look, look at me. I'm, I'm the fucking man. I can do this every night with a different woman. Like you get, yeah. you get this horrible complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you feel that? Yeah, no, definitely. At times, like I'm, you know, yeah, of course. You know, you're, you're punching well above your weight a lot of the time, and you're thinking, how real is this? You know, you, mm-hmm. you question, and and um, them just wanting to sleep with you. Um, no longer it, like at a certain point it stops validating you it, it stops being enough really it's sort of um, you realise like you have to really like you like you know um, that's the that's the cliche, no, that's true isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I you know I mean I, for me it was like a lot of titillation a lot of time I wouldn't even meet up with girls and like have sex with them. it was just knowing that they were into me or they wanted to chat to me and that I could have had them like was was a problem for me at one point and it was affecting my relationships and stuff and um, and that, you know that's something that I think anyone in my position would struggle with um, and it's obviously got it, it's gotten me in trouble and made me look a certain way in the past that, that I definitely regret you know that, those, those moments are, are my regrets you know where like people might have thought that I was a womanizer or whatever because that's really when you get to know me I'm not um, like I say I've got four sisters and I hate the you know I hate the thought of you know it's really it's a, it's a really interesting one this because although I've like off the back of my fame and success I've, I've I'd, in, in the early years like of me being successful I got with a lot of girls like I never I think I was always very respectful really to be honest I think I've 
I think I've always like wanted to have a, a connection with those with those girls but maybe I left them behind too quick and like just fuck, fuck them off yeah like down. I mean it's hard to know what you've got in front of you when so much is happening and there's so many people in front of you and yeah. and, and and there may be a situation where you've got very good girls who would treat you very well but you're not valuing it because it's yeah. it's not unusual and it, and things just become absolutely yeah. meaningless at that point and I guess I, through all of that situation that you went through at some point like you said where's the meaning in this yeah. is that when you started thinking more about having a relationship with someone yeah yeah definitely and um, you know me, me, me and me and my missus we've, we've had our ups and downs and our off moments and stuff and because of because of the the things we're talking about because of mm -hmm. my my focus uh, in the past being on the sex and just like getting that validation from women and stuff obviously stemming back to my childhood not having the self-worth and all that kind of stuff like it's been a, it's been a, an issue but ultimately I think you know when you've got a partner um, and I believe uh, I believe in love I believe in you know partnership and I think I mean I, I wouldn't be here um, she she got me through some really fucking dark times so I feel kind of indebted to her and who knows where I'd have been if I didn't have that relationship so I'm definitely like I'm for that whole thing um, yeah I don't really know where I'm going with this no it's cool mate I, I, I like yeah. I like that you're just sort of riffing and giving just, it just, honestly yeah. because that's what that's what podcasts are about you exactly know? This is, yeah and again just to reiterate this is my first one anyone who's w watching out there so <laughs> this, this is me like learning on the job in a way but no it's, you're doing it's great fun. it's fun um, so yeah on that topic um, did you have a fear of someone being with you for the wrong reasons now because yes, yeah. you're, you're, you got the money you know you can look after a woman yeah. and let's be real like um, you know babies come along very easy when I mean just ask Drake it can happen yeah no um, absolutely I've questioned that 100% yeah. I've questioned it in the relationship I'm in now like you know what are you with me for like what the fuck mm -hmm. like you know could be with anyone um, yeah definitely of course uh but I suppose as you get older, you start to you start to sort of give less of a fuck what other people think, really, don't you? In general, and that's kind of where I'm at. I think. Have you ever had your heart broken? Yeah, of course. Yeah, only really. I think only once though. What was it? And like? I never allowed it to happen again. Tell me what it was like. I want to know, uh, like, not not you know. Tell me what you feel comfortable with. But yeah, what was it like? It was my it was my first girlfriend. Um, what, once that happened, maybe, maybe like, yeah, I, ne I never, I never allowed it to happen again. I never allowed myself to be as vulnerable as, as well, not as vulnerable because I've made myself very vulnerable in other relationships. But how old were you? When I was only seven, sixteen, seventeen. Bro, this is it, right? Yeah. The first time you get with a girl, though, you you, you go so fucking, yeah. you give everything, don't you? Like yeah, yeah. forever. Oh yeah, that, yeah, because you feel it. In I, your I'd never really had eyes. a proper good. I never really had a proper girlfriend mm. that, till that point either. It was always just like, you know, and and coming from a situation where. <clears throat> Obviously, you were talking about your mom and dad, um, yeah. you know, maybe struggling to, to trust people. Yeah. When you really gave her that trust, it probably was like, yeah. you put everything into it then. I learned, from, I learned a lot from that, from that breakup because I, I learned that I was putting all of the things that I'd lacked from the support from my mom and dad, mm -hmm. I was putting all that on in this relationship. I was, everything was dependent on this little bubble I was in with this girl. And, um, she broke up with me out of nowhere we just we just to her i guess like we didn't we weren't interested in the same things anymore 
no you're 16 17 whatever and then she got with another lad like a week later and i was like fucking hell. i was i was wounded i was like i thought you were like proper love I, I remember it like that being like oh what's wrong with me is it the same thing as like this no, you know, do I, you know? mate, I had the exact same breakup, you understand? And it fucked me up for a long time. And then every other girlfriend, I was like, I'm the fucking man in this relationship. And, you know, just know that I'm the prize. And, like, this kind of, do you know what I mean? It was, it was, um, I just. Did she I, rock your confidence I, 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 there? Yeah, she rocked it. She rocked it bad. And then, um, yeah, no, I just, I made sure that, like, I could trust every girl I'd ever been with. And, and, and I'd never got past the two year, th- uh, two year mark with a girl until my, my, um, current girlfriend I'd, I'd never got past it because after two years I'd just get like a bit bored I'd be like like this I don't know what it was when you say bored do you know there's like quests of validation that we, we all have and all that yeah. do you think as soon as you knew like maybe yeah. I got you now yeah. you're, you're willing to stay with me forever yep. you sort of feel like you have, have the completed the game now 100% that's what it was yeah yeah 100% men's egos man it's we're my, fucking terrible tosses yeah absolute, <laughs> absolute tosses yeah because I've met lads uh, I've had people sitting in that very chair say that to me before it's like once I know I've got you yeah. it's like mm. it was that I think it was that in a, in a lot and that's of why women end up being like scared to compliment men yeah, you know when girls never compliment me, it's because like the last guy they complimented trapped them like shit because he thought he had her. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like then they're scared to to give as well. Exactly. So then you yeah. then later on in your twenties and thirties, we're meeting people where both sides are scared because they've both been trapped like that before. Hundred percent. And and you know what? That's what's made me stick out this this most recent one for as long as I have, and uh, because. You know, there's, there's many reasons, but one of the main ones being like, I can't be the guy that can't fucking hold down a relationship because of my ego, and you know what I mean. I, don't, I, I need, I need to get that in check and um, and value the other person in the relationship as long as they're adding value to my life, obviously, and we're adding value to each other. It's a tricky um, one though to stay to stay uh, dedicated as well because yeah. Um, when you are who you are and you're meeting as many people as you are. Um, Back in the day when we had, like, marriage was brought into play, you know, people weren't living a lifestyle like you are, meeting all, and having options constantly presented yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. And but it's all, you're only human, so you're going to look. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Everyone looks. Do you think it's like that for everyone now a bit as well, though? With oh, mate, with social media, almost. So it, you've got, like, it's, it's like it's worse for you 10 times, 100 times, well, 2 million times or whatever right, it is, how many right, followers yeah. you got. And you, yeah. But... Yeah, the world's. I think having a long-term relationship is becoming so difficult because yeah. the options, yeah. because of Tinder and all these other fucking things. Yeah, yeah. People are constantly going. Maybe the grass is greener. Yeah, and um, it isn't. A yeah, lot there wasn't that temptation. Uh, you know, when it, I was when yeah, I was in our in our parents' generation. Yeah, no fucking just, way. It just didn't. Yeah, it didn't exist. It was a night out. They had to get through a night out. Yeah, make it home. Yeah, my dad didn't cheat or whatever. Then he exactly. done well. Do you now know you've what got I mean? now you've got like whatever you've twenty four seven looking at in your search feed on whatever the like, algorithm starts showing you <laughs> yeah. all the things you like, and then you yeah. start going, "Have I got that?" And then it's all the big asses for us. All the big asses. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It's like everyone's squatting these days. Yeah, Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fucking mental. I don't think it's healthy, but I also don't know how we change it because we're heading towards a society who cannot maintain a relationship like yeah. pe- the minute anyone hits the rocks yeah. like 
I think our parents' generation, because you're the same age as me, roughly, mm. they, they were the first ones to regularly get divorced. Divorce became really normal. Yeah. The generation before them, they'd be like, you fucking stick it out no matter what, man. You got yeah. married, stick it stick out. Yeah, but, yeah. but this generation, it's it's removed even further. It's not, you don't even make it to divorce. They don't even make yeah. it to marriage because yeah. the minute anything gets hard, yeah. they go onto their fucking phone and they're like, like big ass, saucy. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know how, I don't know how the fuck we sort this out like to be honest with you <laughs> mate I, I, know, I know what you're saying it's it's it, it's, a, it's a very it's a weird one it's definitely it's, it's definitely a weird yeah you're right though like people are going to be scared to have an argument yeah. in case someone picks their phone up I think for me like the way the, maybe that competitive thing comes in for me again somewhere just to circle back to that whole thing where I think I think maybe you should be when you're in a relationship you should be motivated by um, want, wanting to be a good partner because you see all the values in that other person and because of what they bring to you uh, not to be soppy as fuck but um, you're spot on yeah I th- and I think I think if that's not the objective if that's not the motivation then don't be in it that's sort of and like if, do you know what I mean because if you aren't motivated by wanting to be class for that other person then it's not right and maybe you're in it for the wrong reasons and maybe that's why a lot of relationships are are going when they shouldn't be yeah so when you stop doing the little things that make the other person yeah. smile yeah you know it's 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 almost done then isn't it because it, you're just exactly. not trying yeah once you're not trying it's okay to just out a little bit because I've, I've let myself quite she's looking over rolling her eyes she's right saying, now yeah. she's going he's talking I've shit I've definitely man. fucking <laughs> slipped up a few times and got a bit lazy but yeah. like you know, I know when I'm really need to pull it back, and um, it's probably what's kept things going. We're going to interview her next. Because I give that phone. We'll, we'll, we'll cross-examine. Uh, <laughs> what motivates you at this point? Do you know, what? I just I, I like the idea of like fucking just having a having a year where I'm. You know, like Connor says, I'm coming for all the belts. You know, like just the Brit Awards, the Grammys. Oh man, it sounds so wanky to say. Like I just because I shouldn't really be I shouldn't be striving for the industry's respect like for the music industry's respect or for Glastonbury to ask me to play and things like that um, nah but I know deep down it's just like it's that it's validation yeah it's just I mean that does motivate me if, if, if I didn't have that then I suppose I can be happy with what I've achieved definitely you know um, I've got some pretty good numbers and things like that and I'm, I'm happy with it I'm happy that I've wrote a love song that would be a timeless classic I suppose and big part of a lot of people's wedding days and shit forever probably which is like should be enough really shouldn't it but it isn't it's not enough no I want more I want I want the fucking what do you want people to think about when they f- when they hear the new album what do you want them to feel about that I really re- I really like the idea of people going he can fucking do anything and it's and he, he, he can do anything with mu- in, in terms of music like he's got it's like a, a mixed martial artist I'm the most well rounded cat there is you know what I mean like um, and I'm just saying names like uh, Sean Mendes has got this but, Jay, but James Alves has got that and he's got this and he's got that and he's got that and do you know what I mean and like on a technical thing like it, it would be I'd be lying if I said I, would, I wouldn't like to get to a point where p- people would putting me up there and I know they're reluctant to who do you want to beat? I want names here I want, do, no because I, I know how you work now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the vibe right right I, 
there's people on your list that you want to be better than I, can f- I feel like you're that you must be wanting to be better like is there any, anyone I don't, I don't necessarily want to be better than them I don't want to be better lying. than lying I just want to <laughs> I'm joking, I, I'm no I, did, I don't because there's guys I really respect like you know Ed, Ed Sheeran was a, was a bit of a mentor for me coming up he was really good to me really supportive and stuff and he's he's the guy he's the yardstick he's he's nailed it um, but I think I've I've got I've got the same tools as him and I'm maybe, maybe I've got a couple more and like I'm not doing the stadiums I don't know maybe it's my personality maybe it's you know, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is so sh- he's a weird one for me you know because I've never clicked with his music I don't actually um, mm. and I, I'm the outsider yeah. I don't know what it is about him yeah. I think it's, it's a bit soft for me it's a right. bit it's for the women right, and I yeah. respect that yeah. and I think there's men out there who love it as well for some reason I just Mm. He's uh, he's he's probably too likable for me. <laughs> Maybe he, he's so he's so likable and so yeah. and so good. And he is like you know I shouldn't say I've got I've got more in my locker than him, but but maybe I do have that side that maybe he doesn't have, which is like and I like to hear guys like you resonate with my music because that's ultimately I'm so grateful for the female fan base, the, the predominantly uh, predominant female fan, mm-hmm. fan base that I've got, young and old. It's a real cross section of women, but there's nothing more. There's nothing I love more than to see a guy like you in the front row, like a cool ass motherfucker with tats and that, like liking my music because it means I, I've resonated with people that are like me and think like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm maybe that's that's where I'm different to some of the other other guys in in my lane. Like you start, you opened the podcast by saying that, like I'm maybe that guy that you can fuck with. The, oh yeah, when I was watching X Factor, I'm yeah. like, oh. Yeah. You can be, you can that be could be me that yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? exactly, I wish yeah. I could sing like that yeah and if I could have a voice that would speak for the pain I feel that's what I would want to sound like yeah Do you know and I, mean? I, lo- I love to hear that more than more yeah. than anything it's so, it's so, it's, it pays off so much for me and, and that's why I think it hurts me when I see a lot of young lads who like who get me wrong and like go mm. that fuck he just sings for fucking old women Dude, and shit I, like, I know what you mean they get me wrong and yeah. I don't like it and I want I want them to, to to feel me, I suppose. Like when you, when people from Newcastle slag me off, mm. little bit of me, oh, yeah. that hurt that. Because yeah. in my head, I'm like, I put you on my back. My name is true, Jordy. Yeah, you Everything do. about me, you carry I'm, the city. I'm exactly, literally yeah. trying. I'm I'm not Anton Deck, but guess what? No one in Newcastle's like Anton fucking Deck. Yeah, yeah. A lot of you look like me, actually. Yeah, yeah. So supporters, do you know what I mean? And do so, you get that because maybe you speak because because you do a podcast, you maybe speak a bit cl- more clearly sometimes, mm-hmm. or like enunciate a bit better. Like I, people say, I've lost my border accent. I'm like, well, I can't get on the show. And go fucking here, right, mate? Fucking <laughs> what we'll do, right? Yeah. Is, is I can't. I've, I've absolutely had to to shave it. A yeah, I had to. I mean? No one fucking understood me when I yeah. came when I came out, and I was like, "I'm sick of people saying what are you talking." Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, no, I, absolutely, I get you. And uh, mm. how do you feel about do you do, what is the hometown vibe like with you? Are they like hold you up? How do they? Because you are the guy. You're yeah. the one. I don't know. I don't know. I get. I, it's a weird one to gauge for me that like when I'm there, people people have been nothing but lovely to me mm-hmm. I don't feel necessarily like hailed as like you should be I don't necessarily feel that uh, but I think I come from quite a rough place like Borough's a tough town where people don't like you getting above your station um, we've got people from America who listen mm. to this and other places yeah. he's not lying right? nah. Borough is rough as fuck it's rough as fuck <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's, it's honestly it's been voted the worst place to live for about <laughs> 10 years running I think but th- that, diamonds are you know made in places like that aren't yeah. they 100% but I, and, and I, you know and I'm grateful for co- to come from that culture and it goes back to again the thing we, we were talking about earlier it's like 
um, we're very, it's very real there. If you're gonna you're gonna say something to me like you're gonna talk about my family and we're fighting, like it's or if you know, um, yeah, I was just brought up to fight back. It's it's a bit, it's we've got we've got in borough we've got the worst unemployment rate in the in the country. We we all we always have, and um, you know there's a lot of depression and a lot of like hardship there. They're forgotten, just like the people in Newcastle. Yeah, no one gives Newcastle's a fuck. Newcastle's one of the yeah. northeast. Like it's a, it's a it's a hard working place and yeah I, I don't know we just I, I feel like it's di it's different there people if, if you ain't if you're not real and you're not true to yourself uh, they suss it out straight away like I I can't walk around that town thinking I'm fucking Billy Big Bollocks because someone will bring me down do you know what I mean so um, yeah I don't know I don't really feel like I'm going to get a statue or anything uh, made in my honour that's weird though because when you think that, like you're, like we said at the start X Factor winner is one thing but to be on the Spotify yeah. the, the, the Spotify list for most listened to songs since it began mm. you know they should be fucking I feel the love don't get me yeah. wrong I feel the love I've definitely got a lot of fans from, from that area that, that pack out you know mm. um, the venues down there and stuff I just yeah I don't know it, Britain in general um, I think uh, I wonder whether people have had an opportunity to really get to know me to be fair and I don't think they have really I hope yeah. this is the start of, of that I do too, understanding yeah. you better and realising you know you're not perfect but you're not trying to be perfect and no. I think that's what you're about whereas when we look at the one Directions and the other massive successes from the UK. Yeah, I think there is a, a bit of that, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Like, not, not, I'm not trying to set you up to dig the lads out or whatever. No, I'm just saying no. to come out from the jump and go, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know. Yeah. By the way, on the One Direction stuff, not that I need like address it that much, but I, I've um, since that whole thing. And by the way, they are really, you know, a lot of them lads are really talented. And what I said was was stupid at the time, but I've you know become mates with some of them, and they're they're. You know, salt of the earth, good, good people, and um, yeah, that was it, really. That's all I wanted. They squashed to it, yeah. Yeah, until no there's not, there's nothing there anymore, not, mm -hmm. not at all. What are you insecure about? What am I insecure about? If there's, what was the main thing that you think is your? Oh, I'm not sure about this. Like I cut my my right eye on a glass table when I was when I was a nipper, and um, you probably know. So I don't keep an, an awful lot of eye contact. Um, because um, yeah, it sort of severed the nerves in one of my eyes when I, when I was a kid, and um, it's always been a thing. Like if if uh, if I'm keeping a lot of eye contact with you, you know, I trust you because it's something I'm always always I've always been wary of. It's a weird thing to talk about. I've never talked about that on, in public, but um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing I've always had. Like, does it make you nervous of it? No, yeah. now that we're having a lot of when I'm t when I'm tired, like it's it's kind of, I guess it's like a lazy eye if you like. When I'm tired and I've had a long day, like. It's something that's it's in the back of my head. It's I funny because I noticed your eyes were changing a little bit as the podcast went on. You know? Oh, really? I genuinely, I'm not just making this up. I thought, I hope he's not getting tired. But now that he said that, it yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. Oh, hopefully it's not picking up the lady <laughs> on the camera. But what, um, I do get conscious of that. Like that, I suppose, if, like, a, like a physical insecurity. But It's a normal thing. Um, mm. You know, uh, people with autism, for example, mm. um, struggle with eye contact sometimes. Yeah. Um, it can be brought on by all sorts of things. I thought I had that at one point because of that very reason, but no. But you, you never know. Yeah. I mean, we're all on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, what was I going to say? Uh, what are you most confident about? Um, about yourself? My, my, I'd say my, my, uh, my, musical, my musical ability. Yeah, my ability to write songs and sing live perform 
Yeah. When thing. did you know you had that voice? Because I remember the, I always knew you were fucking class, but I remember the one one of the songs I watched you perform on YouTube where I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Uh, Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Mate, I watched that. I'm not a massive Miley Cyrus fan, although she's fucking great. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's 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 cool as fuck, and that, uh, you know. But you destroyed the original version. You brought oh, man, an, you. you absolutely like. I was like, they should never have given this to Miley. <laughs> this is you. You. That's your song now, by the way. Like, do you reckon you've 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 actually like? Yeah, it's your song now. Oh mate, that was that was a real that was a class moment. To oh, be right. fair, I didn't I did. I mean, I didn't expect to have like a viral moment out of that at all. Like, it's one of them where you, I'm touring around German radio stations, and they're like, "Can you give us one of your songs and a cover?" And we 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 did that on the spot. In pro I just had the lyrics there. My boy fucking played the piano and just sang it. And the next thing we know, it's blowing up. It's all over the internet. And it was a great moment. Um, yes, it's. Uh, I, I just I love uh, you know. I love trying to reinterpret great songs. Just I really enjoy that. When when did you realise that in your life I've got a special voice? Like how old were you? Were you young? Um, I don't know whether it's for me to say that I've got a special voice. But uh, when were people reacting to it? I, I, Can you remember? I, I'll never forget. We went um, <laughs> me and my my dad's side of the family. All my fa a lot of my family from Glasgow. We all went down to the this pub in Redcar where I'm from, called the Crown and Anchor. <laughs> they had this fucking uh, like karaoke competition and it was around Easter time and I got up and sang um, Everything I Do I Do It For You by Brian Adams and I remember the whole pub was just like weeping and I won an Easter egg and a tenner how old were you? I was about 11, 12 something like that wow. maybe, maybe a bit younger and and I think that was the first moment where I knew like I was able to move a bunch of people by singing because people were gent in the room which I, I felt like I genuinely moved everyone in there and um, and then like it was this thing that I was like sing everyone just sing all the time and then I would just you know become like the performing monkey within, in the family and stuff And what did your dad say that when he was in the pub after you just like mopped the floor with everyone my dad's my dad's always been so proud of me and he loves that I'm into music because he's uh, such a, a big music fan mm. I mean he brought like the sort of music that he played to me it was really important I think you know that real like rock music that real that music with real integrity it's got your that's the edge that yeah. your voice gets like there's it? a do you know Bad Company this, the band Bad Company yeah. I'll never forget my dad playing me the song Bad Company by Bad Company <laughs> um, which is um, God, what's this? I can't remember the name of the singer now uh, but um, I'll never forget I got I got um, Excluded from school, and he picked me up from school. He was like, "Ah, oh, you're a wee shape, man." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." And he just put this song on, and I'll never forget how it made me feel. And this, just this guy when he started singing, um, and it became like one of my favorite songs. I just I remember that being the moment where I knew, like, this is what I want to do. Is I want to make music because this song like has made me feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. Mm. Um, as corny as that might sound, but. Uh, I remember your dad crying on the uh, X Factor audition. Actually, yeah. it, was, uh, it was adorable. Actually, yeah, my dad. Yeah, my dad. Uh, he's, he's a, he looks like a hard man. Your dad, you know. So uh, to, to watch him, yeah, he's like that. Nails. It was. I mean, you know, guys from Glasgow are like, like oh, they pride oh. themselves on being being hard. So he's from yeah. Partick, like. Oh yeah, yeah, he's fucking yeah. Yeah, the men are made of uh, metal and the ships are made of wood up there. Yeah, so. exactly, mate. <laughs> um, are you spiritual? Do you believe in God, or mm. do you have any beliefs of that nature? Do you know what? That's a that's a. You've asked me that question at a time when 
probably for the first time ever, I have really um, started to believe in, in stuff like that, yeah. Um, I went through that phase of like the whole zeitgeist thing and, you know, like it's all bollocks, it's all commercial rip-off, you know, religion, it just does nothing but cause wars and, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Um, there, was a point, uh, there was a point in 2020 where it's a weird it's a weird way of describing it but I went through this sort of cleanse where I was just doing like aloe vera and fucking water and and I remember being on this hike and just being like um, just thinking about it just thinking about how like having faith um, uh, and believing in spirituality um, you know sometimes when you when you're broken down to the to the core to the bare bones and, and that's all you've got is you and, and your conscious and or God whatever it may be um, having that faith like you know you see some of the most some of the people that I look up to the most fighters you know they, they get in the ring and once they've won the fight they give all the glory to God and they, be they truly believe that he had their back that whole time in that fight because I've been being close to giving up on a few occasions yeah for sure do you feel like you are at, you've you've contemplated that with yeah being, oh yeah this. yeah yeah it's well documented I've I've been quite open about it because I just I feel like people in our position have a responsibility to um, be honest about that sort of stuff because yeah. a lot of people feel that way and we should normalise it and take the stigma away and all that I agree yeah I mean the last two years for me mate fucking hell the amount of times I've thought about suicide and it's like you know you think why why would I be thinking that like I've got a lot that people would want to have but yeah. it's like you can't force yourself to be happy yeah. you know what I mean and then yeah. when you're in those low parts and you're just thinking I want out here like I don't want to do this anymore like you know mm. and it would just be easier yeah you know what I mean yeah. but you're right you know um, and it's a it's a real shame that there's people you know some people don't have what we have and I can't yeah outlets. exactly and imagine they, feeling like that and then and you know I'm, yeah. I'm saying this from a position of privilege, privilege yeah let alone you know me 10 years ago you mm -hmm. know what I mean but um, yeah it doesn't matter what happens in your circumstances of life what's going on in here it, it, sometimes it doesn't impact it mm -hmm. you know what I mean it, you can be you can have all the money in the world you can have everything like you say yeah. all the success that you've had and you've still yeah. been there where you're thinking yeah. I don't want to do this anymore um, so yeah I credit you for being open about that mate um, what's your biggest regret oh there's too there's too many is there any that stand out or I don't I think I don't think I, I don't think I pay any mind to them anymore to be honest that's I think, good I don't I think I think I got to the point where I had so many regrets um, that it was just too much of a burden to carry probably and uh, yeah so now it's sort of like it's no regrets I think but do you def have, definitely do you think, I know that I know they're there but I, I don't pay any mind to them do you think you look forward more than backwards yeah now? 100% I have to I've got to look forward if I I can't live in the past I think that's where there was that's the real turning point for me was that was was um, you know taking every day as it comes taking each day as it comes because I was definitely like either pre you know, anticipating the future too much or, or living in the past and um, I'm sure. I'm sure you've had a lot of people on here saying similar things to to that. You know that it's the most cliche really. thing you can not, say. Not really. If I'm honest, I think that's a good take on it. If anything, yeah. I could probably take a leaf out of your book because yeah. I definitely 
my depression definitely stems from thinking of oh you fucked this up you fucked that up you fucked the other up yeah. and then stressing about the future and going mm. oh what if I don't do this good enough what if this isn't perfect and yeah. I need to be better yeah. and I think it's really healthy to go today yeah. live right now and what can I do out of day you have to yeah that's um, uh, I, that's that's the advice I would give anyone I mean there's, there's kind of like if we're talking about mental health and anxiety and, and I think my, my main pillars that I would that I would give to, to anyone listening would be would be that is you can't look forward and you can't look back um, you gotta you gotta stay in the moment because that's the only way that you, you, you don't feel that anxiety and the other one would be um, we talked we sort of touched on it earlier I started reading um, a lot of work by this um, uh, author called uh, Renee Brown Renee Brown she's called and her whole thing is vul- vulnerability is courage basically where you know um, we all see uh, being vulnerable and talking about our feelings and stuff and um, you know you you especially being a big guy where you've, you you know you, we've talked about that as well like you, you know being vulnerable you can see it as a weakness mm. um whereas you know nobody dislikes the guy who walks in and goes I've had a fucking shit day man like I'm my fucking girlfriend's on my case like I've just been whatever dropped by my record label whatever like how can you dislike that guy mm. and I always stayed away from being that guy and like pretended everything was alright I was just kind of like yeah man I've got this going on I've got that going on fucking everything's great um, when I stopped being that guy and started being the guy that was just like now oh, I feel like shit <sighs> like things just and then start taking things day by day and realizing that it takes a lot of courage to do that um and then because when I, whenever i would do that like just for example so just to just to maybe break it down even better and not waffle on so much but like i would go into a lot of studio sessions a lot of writing sessions and um and you have to make yourself vulnerable in those situations because otherwise you're not going to get something authentic musically you're just not going to get good lyrics the vibe won't be right you won't get anything that's going to ultimately leave that room and move a bunch of people in the future um it's not going to be a good I, I don't believe you can you can make good music out of just formulas you know formulaic shit pop shit like it's got to be real if it's going to do something forever but to be fair a lot of the the pop songs that we enjoy that are sung by these mm. little pop artists yeah. they're actually written by someone feeling something. someone who's feeling someone's actually yeah. good has written that absolutely it's just it's gone through the machine it's gone through that fucking yeah and it's been what you know what watered down or whatever and so i used to go, like, be in them situations and like i knew i had to wear my heart on my sleeve i knew i had to be vulnerable and i knew it's like a therapy session songwriting sessions you know it always is and you're doing it with people you barely know a lot of the time it's a bit like you know we've met each other for the first time uh, in person today and we've talked about a lot of really personal shit here and it's uncomfortable at times and Mm -hmm. it's it gives you anxiety at times and you and you sit here and you like grapple with shame you're like oh i'm a bit ashamed of that a bit you know what i mean and i would do that i would leave them sessions and i would spend the whole night feeling shame like oh they must think i'm a fucking cretin they must think i'm like a weirdo or um, shame I, is a killer actually and it's a killer and it's a killer um and then i and then i think changing that mindset and and, and listening to this this amazing woman talk about those things like um like it's all that feel the fear and do it anyway all that stuff you know like um what's that saying that she that she says about like um like not being a putting yourself in the arena and not being not being scared to fail you know we're gonna fuck up there's there's no doubt about that you know but at least you put yourself in there and that showed courage and that's something to be proud of and 
Yeah, I've adopted that in the last couple of years. Yeah. I've started stripping back and just going, like, yeah, yeah. he has me, motherfucker. He has me, you yeah. get them. No and apologies, yeah. Like, and as every year has gone by with my YouTube, the less it's been about, here's what you expect from me, and the more it's been about who I actually am. And that's why I think I, I really I really relate to you, and I love listening to you talk, and I love I love your podcast, and, because you're just a real, that's you're a real person, and mm. you're human, and people look you know it's we're, great we're in we, perfect pal we, exactly <laughs> you know what I mean exactly um, alright I've got two questions after the, um, if your life was a movie mm. and you know you get the middle part of the movie the bit where everything sort of changes yeah what do you think that moment would be I guess for you it may be an obvious one a lot of people would expect the, the X Factor audition would you say that would be the one yeah but I would put. I would probably say the, the probably the moment where I wrote that song because that that really that mm. that trumped everything. You know, mm-hmm. all the odds. That fucking little three and a half minute song that I sat down and wrote brought me back from the dead. Like, really did. Mm, back from the edge. Back from the edge. Yeah. And I was just wondering, you know, like because obviously, as as, as I felt before. Mm you don't know how many people are jealous of you until they're all kicking you when you're down. That's when you start, re- yeah. oh, you, oh, you're a cunt. You yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and when they think, oh, you're gone, you're fucked, you're never coming back, that's when everyone piles onto you. Mm. And that happened to you, and I know how that feels. What was it like on the way back up going? <laughs> like, did, yeah. you, did you take any, make any mental notes of those people? Did you have any moments like that where you got to say your piece to those yeah. people? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said it didn't take a little bit of restraint not to be like, ah, so you want to, oh, so you want to resign me? Okay, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it was never about my numbers or, or anything like that, you know? When I say numbers, I mean albums sold and... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm things like that you know Psycho notoriously dropped everyone that they ever signed all due respect to Psycho I know they're trying to run, they were trying to run a record label but they'd got this reputation for like cutthroat they were pretty cutthroat if you didn't if they did, if you didn't have that big hit if you didn't keep it going it's it's back to obscurity for you sort mm-hmm. of thing there's was, there was not a, re- a lot of artist development going on there if you like um, and I think they, they they were a bit reactionary in dropping me um and they maybe could have nurtured the situation a bit better. I hope you're negotiating hard, bro. Yeah, I, you know when they came, when they came back in. I mean, they're no longer a label now. They, really? they just went into liquidation. And I, I just signed a really uh, um, a very proud moment. I signed a deal with Columbia UK, where a really um, proper label, prestigious mm-hmm. label of you know people like Bob Dylan signed there and stuff, which is a, which was huge for me. Um, but yeah, when you know when they came back in, they were very humble. To be fair, they came. They were like, you know, we fucked up we, because we they got the option to sign me back weeks prior before the single did what it did, and they were like, nah, we don't, we're not gonna. So they had to swallow it big time when they when they called me up. I remember, obviously, now you know I was a fan the whole time. Yeah, and I, I'm the type of person I like being right. So you know when you call something and you're yeah. like, like a fighter is going to win the title. Yeah. When I first seen you on the first audition, I was like, this this might this might sound like bullshit because you sat in front of us, but I'm fucking genuinely yeah. saying that's the winner right there. I'm telling you now, he's relatable, he's got talent, yeah. and he's just some something with a song I haven't seen before. I'm telling you now, he's going to fucking win. When you won it, I was like, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then when it all went tits, I was like, fuck. Like, I actually, um, 
you know, not that I was heavily invested in the situation, but I was like, I thought this kid was the was the exception was to the, the rule. Yeah, yeah. And then when it happened to you as well, I'm like, fucking hell, I didn't think that would happen. But then when you came back, I was like, I was right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean? Mate, that's, I was happy I like for that. you. I like that. Um, I re- you know, it's great. It's great to hear that. All, you proved the cream rises to the top, mate. I, so you should be proud of that. I'm very proud, and I appreciate you saying that. And do you know what? That's what keeps me going. To be fair, because if I if I've made songs like in the past, like I made a song called Empty Space, and I thought this is a fucking banger. It's class. This is this should be number one. Like, why isn't it? It's one, one of my favorite songs you've made. I mean, I, and, I, and like it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Shocking, and, really. And I was like. Right, okay, back to the drawing board then. Just to be clear, it still did fucking great. It did, oh, no, it did but, fantastic. But, but you yeah. have the standards now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like still yeah. In, in the hundred millions of streams on yeah. Spotify and like people are like, what are you on about? I'm like, yeah, but that's a, that was a number one single in my yeah. head. And that's why I think I sometimes like maybe have that like irrational gripe with the industry where I'm like, hang on a minute, is it because of you? Because you didn't fucking play it enough or whatever. Yeah. And, and maybe that's, you know... That's something I need to, you know. Um, but having said that, it means that I'll keep trying to better that. And like you love that song, I'm going to make you a song that you love even more. And that, that's you know that 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 does motivate me. So it's probably a good thing. And I think it's a long way to go in my career, a long way to go in my journey. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really ex- and that, I'm I'm excited to. I think this I've got a single coming out next Friday, and I think. That's a number one single. I'm going to say what, it What now. is the date the single's out? 5th of March. Okay. Um, I don't know whether this will be out before or after. Well, they know now. It's but out. It'll be out on out. 5th of March. And it's, it's a big... I, I think it's... If that doesn't do well, maybe I'll think about wrapping it up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, last question. Yeah. How would you like to be remembered? I'd maybe like to be put in that category as someone who... Who maybe didn't... Who, who maybe wasn't perfect. There's maybe a bit of a... Yeah, maybe a bit like polarizing in the sense some people will love me and some people will hate me but um, you can't deny my um, what my music can do in future I'll help you with your social media right yes please <laughs> yes please, yes, please mate no no uh, it's been a great chat mate I've thoroughly enjoyed this me too I really appreciate it and good luck with the fucking album I'm sure it's going to be class coming out later this year yes sir yeah single out 5th of March 5th of March yeah album later on and that is James Arthur on the True Jordy YouTube channel. Appreciate you. Thanks mate. for having me, mate. Um, hit the like button, subscribe, and I'll see you later. Cheers, everyone. Quality. Pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me, mate. That's a good stint. That That's a well, good that. stint. Yeah. You know, we must have had a good chat because most people, I, I do them about hour. I did Fury in an hour and 20 minutes. Do people start, like, wavering or, like... Nah, like, normally I'm just... I was interested in you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Legend, man. Legend. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you.